Uh, welcome to On Twos, a podcast where we break down uh, some awesome animated movies. Uh, season two is all Pixar stuff. We're working our way through the list, chronological order. And we have come to the one and only Monsters, Inc. Um, I'm Lucas Sita, and my partner in crime is Nate Talon. Nate, how are you doing today? Shalubi, baby. You've literally said that to me like at least 14 times this week. That's the best part of the movie. I like. I wish I would. I, it makes me sad because I remember season one where we would just, you know, sometimes we would be together watching this stuff. Or actually, most of the time we would. Um, but I wish I was there just to see you rewatch that specific scene, um, just to see your reaction because you literally oh. won't stop saying it to me. That's perfect, dude. Mike Wazowski is <laughs> the best Pixar character. <laughs> He's good. You know, we talk about how great, like. Uh, Ham and uh, people like uh, Mr. Potato Head are with lines, but literally everything that Mike says is <laughs> and just... it's just just Billy Crystal's so good too, and his voice is so iconic that it works so well with just I, I who know. the character is. Normally, I like write down my favorite quotes, but with him, I'm like, I don't know what to write down and what not to write down because everything he says is gold. Um, walk me through kind of your relationship to Monsters Inc. before we kind of dive into things. Um, it's kind of an interesting one because as a kid, you know, I'd, I'd watch a lot of Disney movies and stuff like that. But for some reason, I saw Monsters, Inc. later than when, cause when it came out. Like really? I, maybe like five or six years after it came out. Don't know why. But, I mean, I, it was still like, I was still a kid, so it's not like that big of a deal. But it's, it was, uh, it, but like Finding Nemo I saw in theaters, The Incredibles I saw right away. So it's like just, it's weird that this was the one that I kind of didn't see in theaters. But of course, you're not really in control of your own life at that point. Uh, so I think the first one I remember is also Finding Nemo. Um, obviously, if I took a time machine, that could not be the case. Um, but the one that I remember, you know, the, the first Pixar movie I had experienced with, I think was Finding Nemo. Um, I don't even remember the first time that I watched Monsters, Inc. at all. It's just always been the one that was just kind of kind of my personal favorite. Like, there's obviously so many good ones mm-hmm. um, that I kind of have different relationships with different ones. Because, honestly, uh, you're going to find out here pretty soon, a lot of the movies we're covering, at least at the beginning, are all in the same tier of just, they're just five out of five. You yeah. know, they're just incredible. Um, but I, you know, it just, I kind of, it kind of depends on what mood I'm in. You know, it's hard to kind of rank these. Um, like if we're pulling the heartstrings and stuff, obviously Toy Story 2 was in three are great. Um, but Finding Nemo was always kind of that one that, uh, you know, it's got the father son thing going on. That's really all you need to get me in the feels. Um, but really, if you just, if we're talking like really fun and creative, you know, I just want to have a good time. Probably the most rewatchable one. Um, it's, for me, it's either this or Incredibles. Um, yeah, I you know whatever one I watched last, I like more. But mm-hmm. uh, I, yeah, I've always always loved Monsters Inc. If you did, you know, up until probably we became pretty close is when I kind of came back around on the Incredibles. Uh, Monsters Inc. was always the top of the throne for me. Um, but again, yeah, I don't even remember how that relationship even started for me. Um, did you do any uh, research in terms of uh, the making of it or any behind-the-scenes stuff? Yeah, yeah, some basic stuff. Um, okay, walk me through it. Uh, Pete, doctor, of course, uh, the director, Lee Unkrich, helped as well. 
Uh, we're talking $115 million budget, $577.4 million in the box office, so another giant success. Um, this, of course, was uh, one of the films that we talked about that were discussed at that lunch. Um, and it kind of, a lot of stuff, and you can tell this with Pixar, honestly, like a lot of these movies, the one thing that they kept hearing about Toy Story is like adults being like, yes, dude, as a kid, I always thought that my toys were alive when I left the room. Mm-hmm. And like, so they were started to think about a lot of stuff like that. And they were always, of course, one thing that you go to as a kid is thinking that there's a monster in your closet. So they kind of uh, use that as a starting point. And they even started writing the film in the 90s. Um, Pete Doctor, of course, was kind of the one in control of uh, this movie for the most part. Um, and it originally started as a movie about a man who, when he was older, went back and like took care of the monsters that uh, kind of scared him as a kid. And each of the monsters represented a fear that he had. Mm-hmm. And then as he came, overcame these fears, the monsters started to disappear. Um, so which would also be a very interesting plot. But then they decided to kind of flip it and make it about a monster that's like an up-and-comer in this business about scaring monsters. Mm-hmm. And his name was Johnson, and Mike Wazowski wasn't in the picture yet. And then they would have some, um, like a kid that was involved. And then it took them forever to figure out how old uh, this kid was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as it got continued to be developed, they tried a bunch of different ages for the kid to see what worked best. Mike Wazowski was originally introduced and then they decided to go with like they had like an epiphany he's like well what if he's the best scare he's like the star quarterback and then he does the one thing that monsters should and like befriends the kid and then it like all started from there it's like boo's like three years old um which i think is brilliant that boo can't even talk like it just adds so much to the movie as well yeah, I mean, um, I don't want to step on the toes of any of the categories we have later or anything, um, but just the fact that, like, you could look at it in a negative way and ranking, like, oh, what's the best voice work? And really, Boo doesn't really say a whole lot, you know, other than a few words, but, you know, she, they just bring that character to life so much without even having to say any words. It almost reminds me of, like, uh, like I almost feel like this is good training for something like Wally. You know, you have a yeah. kid who can't talk, but... You know, we just go through this whole journey with them and know how they're feeling and whatever. And she can talk. She's saying, you know, whatever she can Gibberish. say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can't even imagine having to try and, you know, be a voice coach for a kid, you know, for a movie like this, especially where there's no actual lines, you know, like, what do you even say to whatever? I, what's the what's the actress? Mary Gibbs. Um yeah, I don't know. I'm totally impressed with it, and I think that it's awesome that Boo is as little as she is in this movie. Yeah, and I think like the whole gibberish th- thing is brilliant, and they play it so well. Mm-hmm. Um, and speaking of voice work, Bill Murray was considered for the voice role of Sully, mm-hmm. but it went to John Goodman instead. And then, of course, Billy Crystal uh, took it right away because he regretted turning down Buzz Lightyear. You know, it's weird because honestly, if you have the same script, but you throw Billy Crystal in there as Buzz, I feel like it's a completely different movie. Oh, yeah. Um, So I think it worked out because Mm -hmm. as we talked about last week, um, 
Buzz kind of declines after, you know, in, in general, you know, he's looked at to be Buzz and Woody, you know, two partners in crime, but it's really Woody's show and Buzz isn't the best character, but come on, dude, Mike Wazowski, he can argue Legend. that that's the best Pixar character ever. I wonder if he like, Legends. Like, he, how far it took him to, you know, say yes. Did he say yes automatically just because he saw oh, yeah, Toy he, Story and he's he, like, oh, I don't even care what it is. Let's go. And he's like, oh, are you kidding me, dude? I'm knocking this out of the park. I don't know. I don't know. No, he for sure said yes right away. And then Steve Buscemi is Randall, which is also perfect. Money. Like, if you just look at look at the character and just think about who's playing him, then you know it. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, like, well, it might just be how connected I've been with this movie uh, from a young age. But when I hear his voice, that's kind of the first thing I think of. Um, obviously, we're big movie buffs so like looking at him you know you can mm-hmm. instantly think of the sandler stuff or uh you know fargo or whatever uh reservoir dogs but when i just hear his voice i instantly think randall mm-hmm. um and then another big thing real quick uh that was kind of uh like the test of this movie like kind of have toy story 2 it was kind of making the sequel and building it up um to have it collapse and then having it saved and all that stuff. And then bugs life following up toy story. The one here was that they had to figure out how to animate hair. Mm. Um, so like creating realistic fur and to the point where it's, it's kind of interesting because it's like Pixar like has scientists on staff mm-hmm. to like break down this stuff. So um, for example, they had to animate 2,320,413 hairs on Sully alone. I mean, and the hardest part was to like with, that the hairs cast shadows on other ones without casting shadows on themselves. So it's like a whole disaster. Uh-huh. But, I mean, they knocked it out of the park. Yeah, you that's what I was going to say. I'm like, I thought the hair is one thing that I've written down. That's like, that's it looks great for 2001. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like you see this in a bunch of Pixar movies where it's like, up next, we'll see Finding Nemo. It's like water and stuff like that, even to the point where it was too realistic and they had to dial it back. And then Incredibles, it's like that's their first movie with humans as the protagonists. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like they, they every time they kind of step up to the plate with a new challenge that they have to overcome. And somehow these beginning movies, when they already have, when they don't really have like all the groundwork laid is when you get some of the best Pixar stuff. So that's just incredible in and of itself. I always thought the Incredibles um, looked pretty decent until I watched Incredibles 2 and then went backwards. And I'm like, oh, well, Incredibles does hold up well enough. Yeah. So yeah, it's yeah, not yeah, like yeah. to like it's a not Toy like watching Story Toy level. Story one. You yeah. Know, and you're like, oh, especially after watching Toy Story four, where you're literally just. Well, yeah, like Toy Story four and Incredibles two are like some of the most beautifully CG animated movies I've ever seen. So, I mean, it's hard to top stuff like that. Um, but other than that, I don't have uh, much more besides, you know, just the basics of like all the sciencey stuff and uh there was a lawsuit against it um but i like read through some of the stuff and it's so flimsy it's like ridiculous what was like this person this person wrote like a poem uh about like uh, monsters being in the closet or something and then said that uh the monster like mike wazowski looked like uh her monster in her book mm-hmm. 
which is just a circle with an eye and a mouth, which is like, okay. I mean, that's not that unique of a design. Um, so in, in that case, it just didn't even, the judge declined even doing anything with it. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, so what else do you have for me, Luca? Well, before we go any, any further, um, let's talk about the Bill Murray thing. How do you think that would have been as him as Sully? Honestly, I was picturing it. I think it would have been probably around the same, to be honest with you. You know what? Um, Honestly, it probably would have been a lot like you're going to laugh. Uh, but if we're talking, like, he probably would have played Sully a little bit more cocky. Honestly, yeah. it probably would have been like Carfield. Yeah. I mean, in all honesty, you kind of have a car- Carfield obviously is no, you know, quarterback of a team or something. And, you know, mm-hmm. but he's totally full of himself and, you know, is kind of in his own world. Um, I could, I could see Sully end up kind of, kind of being like that, but. Um, but just but just like uh, Pacha, uh, he's like a giant teddy bear. Yeah, yeah. No, I think John Goodman is is perfect. Um, but anyway, I mean, honestly, we've gone through almost all of the cast. Uh, other uh, the only thing that I think is great um, that Roz, you know, one of the character, the side little tiny roles that you know has kind of uh, been a staple of this movie ever since it came out. Um, with the always watching. That's Bob Peterson. Uh, same dude who's dug and up. Uh, he does the voice work of Mr. Ray in Finding Nemo. Uh, Hell yeah. Yeah, he's, he's made his way around. And I thought that that was pretty cool. Because, you know, after he watched it, I thought, oh, man, who does that voice? I've never really known. Um, and then, obviously, you know, the good luck charm, John Ratzenberger is. Uh, Hell yeah. Uh, I think they have him listed as Yeti, but like the abominable snowman. Abominable snowman. Um, which is just an awesome concept that, like, the abominable snowman's a banished monster. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'm, I freaking hate it, dude. Where are you guys coming up with these ideas? Actually, real quick, can you uh, run upstairs and get your dad's opinion on the abominable snowman and uh, <laughs> in Monsters Inc.? Monsters Inc. Oh, he loves it. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, I mean, I don't have a whole lot other than that. Um, oh, also, like the two, you know, maybe my two favorite side characters, Needleman and Smitty, the two janitors that look oh, like they're yeah, teenagers. Yeah. Those are voiced by the same person. Yeah, yeah. You can kind of tell, but I just, it's good. That's just, I don't know what else to say other than I tip my cap and I'm in love with it. And just all the monster designs are so good. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, too. You know, it's kind of, it's kind of, I'd imagine as an animator, it's somewhat relieving um, doing a movie where your main characters are monsters. Because I feel like there's almost no expectations. Um, Mm -hmm. And you can, you know, get as crazy as you want with it. We see characters who put extra eyeballs in. You know, you can kind of get as creepy as you want with it. Um, people who sharpen their their fangs or their claws and stuff, and obviously they're the guy that puts in like dentures. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they they're all different colors too, sizes, shapes. You know, I, I think that they did a really good job. And obviously, like you said, um, how hard it was to um, animate the hair. I think it's smart that really Sully is like the only character other than Boo who like is heavily hairy. I guess the the twenty three nineteen dude is also, but there's a there's a minimal. <laughs> Uh, people with lots of hair. You know, a lot of the guys seem like they're. Uh, what kind of skin would you say they have? Uh, like leathery, like uh, yeah, um, like scales and stuff like. Regardless, that. Regardless, yeah. So there's not a f- lot of characters that have they um 
they did run into some stuff with like because Sully's like eight feet tall or something like that. So it's like um, these like bigger monsters. It's like you do have to still make them move realistically, but it's harder to do when it's you got to kind of look for examples and kind of cross contaminate the examples with each other to try to find a way that this would move. Mm-hmm. Um, because there may not be any real life examples when you're dealing with monsters, but, but they go and they base it off of other things. So it's just kind of interesting to think about the science behind all of it as well as, uh, and it's going to sound stupid, but with the Transformers movies, that's something that they, uh, ran into and why the designs are so weird and why they transform so weird Mm -hmm. is because the thing is, is a lot of people are like, well, they're transforming super weird and it's all just a bunch of needles and stuff. That's what it looks like. But what they actually did in the visual effects department is make sure that from the vehicle model that they would have, like the exact same mass would be distributed when they went to a transformer. So technically it's more realistic in the movie than the toys are, but that doesn't really lend itself well to uh, your eyes comprehending what's happening. So it's interesting to see uh, engineers and animators kind of find that balance. Damn. And these characters. Nate breaking the animation down like that? Why am I getting turned on? What the heck? I'm going to have to open a window. Oh, yeah, baby. It's getting stuffy in here. This is that only on on to special. (laughs) All right. Uh, Oh, before we dive into uh, the movie, um, do you know who did the music for this? Is it Thomas Newman? That's what I was going to ask you. Like, I don't have that written down. I thought that. Oh, I can check real quick. I'm pretty sure it is because it's Max. Because, yeah, without, I mean, the the movie starts off with like the, one of the best scores uh, Pixar has done. Um, Yeah. So I I feel like we should, we should throw that out there before we dive into things. Randy Newman did it. Randy, that son of a bitch. The freaking Randy. I I mean, I think we, we both like La La Land. And there's a song in that that is very kind of similar to Mm -hmm. upbeat, jazzy. Um, Was it the summer montage? Yeah. Um, Anyway, the fucking Monster Zing theme song. Play it at my funeral, please. Uh, Because it's killer. Um, But let's dive into the sucker. Kind of like I said before. Um, we start off with a montage of credits. Uh, you get a black backdrop, and we get all these different doors. And it's basically um, doors opening, closing, music's blasting, this upbeat jazz music. Doors are all different colors. Uh, and you're getting all these letters kind of coming in and out of door. It almost reminds me of kind of like Scooby-Doo, how you go in one door and come mm-hmm. out another one. And they're like, that doesn't make sense. Um, but, yeah, it's just a jumbling of words, you know, saying, you know, who made the movies and it, all that good stuff. Um, while you're um, getting sent to heaven with the with the best score of your life, um, I can say that it does. And, you know, we're talking multiple, multiple doors in this that just keep popping in and out. Um, but when we when the sucker ends, we're looking at just one door and we slowly go into um, inside of it, which I think is kind of a nice touch. Um, I don't know. On top of on top of the uh, intro music banging mm-hmm. and it's just fun and kinetic. It's also introducing like a core concept of the movie, which is smart. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of um, it's not giving away too much, but it's teasing a little bit. Yeah, for sure. So not only is it giving us um, it's kind of giving us our credits by also telling us what the movie is about. Yeah. Which is uh, which is money. 
after this montage, we we see a kid laying in bed. You know, he says goodbye to his parents. Parents close the door. The room's only lit with, uh, like, the moonlight from outside. Uh, I think the clock says it's, like, nine-something. So he's got a wimpy bedtime, but whatever. I'm not, I'm not going to hold it against him. Um, but we slowly see that his closet door opens and just a little bit. Um, and then we start to, you know, kind of build to that suspense, you know, so the door opens a little bit. He, you know, opens his eyes, doesn't see anything. Um, he looks again and he sees like the arm of, or a tentacle or something hanging out of the door. Um, and he like gets up real fast and looks and it's just like a shirt, you know, so we're kind of playing with mm-hmm. expectations, which is great. Um, we see kind of the, kind of the silhouette of this monster creep out of the closet. Um, once the kid kind of lays back down and he makes his way under the bed, um, only to kind of move up and ultimately, uh, scare the kid, but it doesn't go well because as soon as he, you know, does his roar, the kid, you know, obviously sits up and freaks out. But when he does that, that causes the monster to kind of, it startles the monster. So he steps back and he slips on something, steps on like some jacks or something. Uh, The soccer ball goes flying, hits him in the head. You know, he's just stumbling all over the room and um, it's just a disaster. You know, he just fell right on his butt. Um, But instantly we see, we, we get a shot of the kid again. And since he's sitting all the way up, we notice that he's some kind of machine. Uh, because what we've been seeing is only his top half since the blanket that was covering him is now kind of laying on the bed, um, scrunched up. We can see that his lower half is just machine and then boom, lights come on. Um, this looks like we're in some sort of a simulation. Um, and we can see that there's a whole panel of a few monsters all in their, you know, business attire. We can see that, um, this whole kind of, bedtime scenario has been filmed uh there's a bunch of it's kind of looks like a tv station in the sense that there's a bunch of screens you know showing different angles of the room um and pretty much they this looks like it was some sort of test and the the main lady who's running it basically asked the guy if he knows what he did wrong uh also i gotta say they do like the alarm noise in this and it I think iPhones have just uh, ruined this part of my life because anytime I hear that oh, yeah. that noise, um, all the hairs on the back of my neck come up. And I still use it. So, you know, who's the fool here? Uh, it's me. But anyway. I think that I think this is brilliant because it kind of, one of the challenges that I heard, like I read about that they kind of face in this movie is like, so Pixar, you know, they they want to make family movies, but like, creating a movie about monsters that are in the closet and scare kids. It's like, do kids really want to watch that movie? And I think introducing it, like the first 30 seconds is very much shot kind of like a horror Mm -hmm. movie, but then instantly undercuts it with some humor. Um, And then on top of that, they're introducing, of course, some foreshadowing with the one thing you don't want to do is keep a door open and that whole thing. I think just the intro is a great way of kind of setting up this. Yeah, I think it totally flips in tone. And even the way that the monster looks, you know, obviously as frightening as he looks in that kind of opening scene. Um, As soon as the lights go on, we can kind of see he's a little bit rounder, looks a little out of shape, I guess, for a monster. Mm -hmm. And then that that kind of whole intimidation goes all the way down. 
Um, so I think you're right there that it is, it's a nice touch that, you know, this is a kid's movie, so you don't want to scare them off in the first 30 seconds, but you kind of, they definitely, um, play this pretty well, but pretty much, um, they ask him, you know, do you know what, what went wrong? And, um, he doesn't have an answer. Um, and you know, the, the main chick looks to the other people on the panel and they're like, do you guys want to maybe throw out something? And then, you know, they're all looking at each other. They don't have an answer. So she says, well, let's review the tape. So then they go look at all the screens and rewind. And um, she basically points out that he left the door open. And that's the number one thing the monsters can't do. Because uh, in this world, they think that humans or children, and I think humans in general, um, can kill monsters. Um, so that's like their worst nightmare is that by leaving the door open, um, you're basically giving them the opportunity to come into the monster world. Um, Which is uh, another interesting kind of thematic point is they only think that kids can kill them because that's what they're told by the people higher up. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, which is, you know, it's it's a weird concept in the sense that I feel like that's super dangerous, though. Like, if you think that kids are, like, I wouldn't, it, by going in that room, not only are you worried about them coming, like, into your world by leaving the door open, but just even getting that close to scare a kid, I feel like would be something that they could have even drive home even more, you know, seeing. Yeah, well, that's, they kind of touch on it with, like, the mon- the scares or, like, the top people of society in this kind of world. They're looked up to a lot and it's like every kid wants to be a scarer and stuff like that you even get a little bit more in monsters university but i guess we um, get a little bit of it it's almost like celebrity mm-hmm. status i mean we we get it we do get a taste of it you know once we see the the scares on the scare floor we do get a taste of somebody coming out freaking out like he touched me you know it, it turned into a whole thing um but yeah so just off the bat i gotta say this is maybe this seems bold, but, you know, I'm just going to go with it. Maybe my favorite just movie concept of all time. Like, just I... It's pretty it's, genius. And once we get the, the taste of the whole movie, it's even more so. But just the idea that monsters are using, you know, the fear or scares um, of a kid in a room in the middle of the night as their energy. It's just mm-hmm. like, dude, are you freaking kidding me? And it... And like even where they take where they take it, and it's like this is like a perfect like it's hilarious. It's well written. Mm-hmm. The chemistry between all the characters are off the charts. The story's great as well. But it's also a great movie to show a kid to help them cope with the idea of having the unknown in their closet. Because then it turns into all oh, the monsters are just funny, and they just need us to help them with living and stuff like that. So it's like. It just does, I think, that it's, like, brilliant on Pixar's part and why Monsters, Inc. is such a huge success because it on, not only does it work as a movie, it works as just a, kind of like a milestone or a, a thing in a child's life to kind of watch this and help kind of alleviate some of that fear that is just common amongst most yeah. people, which is just an accomplishment in and of itself. So, yeah, it's just brilliant. I it's mean, brilliant. we're talking about... I mean, we're already kind of getting into our thoughts on, you know everything so i'm just gonna also say that i think because of what you just said that the ideal age for this maybe is even younger than some of the stuff we've done previously just so that you know that that idea of maybe not being so scared 
um, in the middle of the night, you know, not being worried that there's going to be monsters and stuff and kind of opening those doors. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's so good. You know, that's, it's, it's such an understatement how Pixar movies are for people of all ages, obviously some more than others, but it's just, it's working on so many different levels. And it's like almost, it's like even in one movie, there's multiple different storylines that are for each age group. And it's yeah. just, it's just almost too much to comprehend. It's like, I can't believe you guys came up with this. So, ugh, it's so good. Um, but I guess I also failed to say that the person who kind of um, breaks down the whole danger of letting a child inside uh, the monster world is Mr. Waternoose, who is like a, like an old spider, would you say? He's got spider-like features. I don't know what sure. he is because he, yeah. I, it's like crab legs, but they play it off like it's a spider yeah, sort of thing. He's not the best looking, I guess. Not like animation wise, but had, like uh, he's pretty creepy, you know. I had a Did toy you? of him. Mm-hmm. Like when uh, that's that's what's weird too is like Happy Meal. I had like almost all the Monsters Inc. Happy Meal toys without seeing the movie. Like I had like the CDA yellow jumpsuit people. I had Mike and Sully. Dang. But that's just how it was back then. I'm freaking jealous. Well, I don't know. Again, I can't even. I don't even remember if I had these toys. But again. Um, just the nailed in. Uh, he talks about how you know collecting screams is their power, and um, I th- it's so freaking good, dude. <laughs> I think they even mentioned that, or maybe it's a little bit later, but they have been kind of in a in a downward. Um, yeah, it's like they're they're having like close to an energy crisis. Yeah, you know things aren't what they used to be, but maybe. Like kids are well, like the whole point is that like kids are being exposed to more stuff, so they're not getting scared mm-hmm. as easy, which is hilarious to think about as well. Especially now, when you fast forward to twenty twenty and where kids are now, how the internet kind of changed all yeah. that as well. Just once again, forward thinking and brilliant. Mm-hmm. And I hate it. Um, you know, he, he Waternoose is basically talking about. You know, he's kind of somewhat being trying to inspire them a little bit and talking about some of the best monsters, you know, who work at um, the little monsters incorporated um, building. And then we instantly cut to the bedroom of James P. Sullivan. Uh, You get this big blue uh, furry bear kind of, I mean, would you say he's a bear? I guess he's a monster. Very teddy bear like. Uh, Regardless, he's, he's like bright, He's like a turquoise, and he's got pink polka dots. So as intimidating and as good of a scary as he's still kind of, you know, he's not that. Look, just looking at him, he's not that intimidating. He's got that roar down though, maybe he does. But he's sleeping. You know, it looks like it's the middle of the morning, um, six oh five, and then we we hear this beautiful radio voice. You know, going through. um, I don't know. Yeah, he goes over what time it is, what to expect from the weather, and you know all. Great day to yeah. sleep in. And the camera slowly pans over to the well. We the see goat. first. We see the you know the kind of alarm or the clock, and we're expecting is that you know is that where we're hearing this from? Camera keeps going, and we see the goat. Uh, Mike Wazowski standing there bedside to Sully, or Sully, and we can see that he's the one. Um, You're looking into the eye of God right now. You know. <laughs> 
basically, <laughs> this is his wake-up call um, for Sully. So we can see from this point on, okay, they're roommates. Um, he wakes Sully up, and uh, it seems like a big day because they want to break the scare record. Um, so as soon as he wakes Sully up, uh, they're doing all kinds of morning workouts. You know, they're doing scary feet, scary feet, scary feet. And then, you know, kid's awake, so then he dives down. You know, so he's, I don't even know what normal workout that would be. Uh, he's kind of on his tiptoes, and then when he said, kid's awake, he dives down on the ground. Um, you get all different kinds of stuff. You know, he's practicing his roaring, uh, but Mike says, you know, twins in the bunk bin. So he's roaring up high, and then he's roaring down low. He's like, dang, I thought I would have got on that one. Um, so <laughs> it's just, you know, it's fun just to see him kind of practice and, um, which is another interesting thing. It's like, well, you know, if this is their profession, like, how do you even practice scaring people? You know, do you scare other monsters? Is there techniques? And obviously, you know, right from the get-go, we kind of get a taste of that. Uh, but, yeah, they brush their teeth. You know, they get ready, whatever. Um, but then we see uh, or we hear on the television that new Monsters, Inc. commercial has just been released. So, you know, everybody kind of gathers around the TV and we see Sully and, you know, they're freaking out and they're like, oh, my gosh, this is incredible. And it's basically just an ad to show. Uh, well, it's kind of it's interesting because if you once you rewatch the movie after seeing it again and you learn everything about it, it's almost like the commercial is kind of like propaganda in a way, which is interesting to think. about. It's shot pretty well, too. You know, I mean, honestly, <laughs> like the commercial, it's like this is this is better than half the things that are on normal TV. Did Brad Bird freaking direct the commercial within Monsters Inc. <laughs> um, you know, they're they're seeing all different kinds of people that they work with, you know, they're like, Oh, it's Betty, you know, whatever. And it ends with a shot of uh it's Mike and Sully, isn't it? Sully's in there too. Yeah. And Mike is there for literally maybe a half a second. And like we said previously, he's a green little uh alien looking like creature. He's just he's a big ball with a with one eye and a mouth. And we get yep. some horns. And we get uh, half a second of him. And then they put, like, the what? Logo <laughs> over his face. <laughs> they put, yeah, they put the, the Monsters Inc. logo right over his face, you know. And then they give you a little information who to, who you can call and all that stuff. And um, the commercial ends. And Mike, you know, he just says, you know, I can't believe it. And so he's like, oh, you know, it's okay. He says, I'm unnatural. The camera loves me. Are you kidding? And it's just, so he's, he's just pumped that he even made it on. And they get a call and he keeps talking to this person. And then he whispers, he's like, oh, it's your mom. And this, he's just having a conversation. Oh, with it's so, it's so funny mom. too, because I think this is something we all can relate with because I've had so many conversations with my grandma that go just like that. Mm -hmm. You know, he's like, oh, doesn't I look great? You know, blah, 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 blah. And obviously, someone like your grandma or your mom is going to be your biggest fan. So, I mean, I've, I think yeah. we've all been there. But, yeah, it's just, it's great. You know, so he's in this entire commercial, really. And then Mike gets half a second, and he's through the roof. Um, <laughs> it's almost more impressive than anything that the Monsters, Inc. logo perfectly, like, fits. Well, it's it's, like, brilliant. <laughs> Whoever came up with that, it's just brilliant. And the fact that it happens again is even better. Yes. Okay, so after the commercial, uh, we see them start to walk to work. And uh, we see Mike has... Uh, well, actually, first they walk out the door. 
and we even get like a little taste of world building. I mean, most of the time we're in pretty specific locations, um, but then just walking through the street, I think we even get a nice little taste because mm-hmm. they look like they're in the middle of like a New York City apartment, right? So they come out, they come out the yeah. the opening door and they're walking down their steps and they're going down the sidewalk and they even pass like a mini apartment, which is like not even the size of the stairs. And we see like little uh monsters like they have wings that kind of look like little fairies or whatever and we see like a, a wife wish her husband like, on the good day at work as he flies off so we see that there's all different kinds of monsters just from the get-go um but as they're walking they get to mike's car and um obviously mike wants to drive he's got this fancy sports car that is also kind of shaped like a monster um and solely doesn't want to you know, he, he wants to, he wants to walk to work. So obviously Mike being as small as he is, uh, he just has to suck it up and, and go with Sully. Uh, so they start walking and, um, also, no, I guess I already said that the car is also shaped. It, it kind of looks like Mike in a, in a little, little way, uh, with the horns and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's like bright red sports car. Um, I wonder if you could actually get that car. That might be your next birthday present. Anyway. Thanks. Um, so they're walking. Uh, and then we see... I could use exercise. Oh, yeah. So they're, I also, I guess, have to throw this in. While they're kind of arguing if they're going to um, walk to work, so they, you know, his argument says, oh, I need the exercise. Let's walk. And Mike basically says, I could use the exercise. You have your own climate. Um, which is just right off the get get go. This is freaking money. Um, but you know, we we also get a little taste of more of kind of the the world that they're in. Uh, we see we get a shot of uh, like a restaurant or out in front of a store, and there's a monster kind of sweeping up. There's a few other monsters sitting at little tables outside eating. Um, but we see this monster uh, sweeping up some garbage, and then he takes a little pail and then eats the garbage. So, um, don't know what to think of that, but I like it. Um, you know, they, it seems like, oh, I think we get a guy, uh, reading the newspaper and he sneezes and it's, you know, he sneezes fire and it burns his newspaper, yeah. which is just, seems like a, something out of Nate Talon's day. Um, and then, <laughs> true. uh, Mike and Sully walk past a good friend of theirs, uh, a dude named Tony who looks like he has just his own little corner store. Um, he's kind of, you know, I don't know. It looks, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that they're fruit, but he's getting, you know, whatever it is ready. And I think he cheers them on saying, you know, go get the scare record or whatever. Um, I thought it was also pretty kind mm-hmm. of a nice uh, touch that the, that the name of the place was Tony's grocery. Um, it was G R O S S E R Y. Um, which I thought was pretty cool. And as they're walking down the street, they even pass a little like blob like character um, who ends up going over like a little sewer. What would you call those things? And he just instantly falls through and he's wearing a hat too. So as soon as he falls through, his hat stays there uh, and you just hear him say, Oh man, not again. Um, (laughs) Good stuff. I'm happy that, you know, I think that when we think of monsters in general, uh, we just we our brain instantly thinks you know vampires or werewolves or just kind of those big ones we see in movies. And I think that you know yeah. having like the Blob, who's been personally 
just kind of a freaky character to me just because what do you do against the big blob um i'm glad that because mm-hmm. they they kind of pretty much come up with their own stuff for this but this is kind of one character that i can somewhat um that i already am somewhat familiar with so i like that they kind of give us a little bit there um but once they show up to work you know they get this warm welcome everybody and i love sully and we see um, on the wall that he has been like the scarer of the month for like the past 11 months. So he's, you know, he's about to sweep the whole year. Um, and once again, uh, Mike's like cut out of it, <laughs> but you can see a little bit of, oh, yeah, you're talking like the top, maybe <laughs> one of his horn or, and there, it's funny too, cause all the pictures are different and somehow he's always not in there again. Um, yeah, I think that that is that's good just character building, too, because it just shows like how close these two are, that that sort of thing doesn't matter. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, but, there, you know, we can also kind of see that, like you said, these people are somewhat famous. You know, this is the job that monsters, you know, dream of doing. It's like being a pro baseball player or something. Um, so even exactly. people like at work come up to them and, you know, are just honored to even talk with them. And, you know, we see some people that are kind of hesitant. And uh, I think we even get it's kind of a moment that reminds me of uh, the Emperor's New Groove. Uh, you know, somebody's kind of hesitant to talk to him. And Mike's like, you're making Sully lose his focus. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry, you know, blah, 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 blah. blah. And they start walking. And then, you know, they're just. They're mad at each other. They're like, you made him lose his focus. Sorry, Mr. Sullivan. <laughs> um, which is, just, you know, lo- I love it. Love it. Um, this is also when we're introduced to Celia, who is Mike's uh, woman. Uh, she is wonderful. She is kind of like, well, like Medusa, I guess. Like her hair is snakes. Yeah, yeah. Like she's. She still looks like a monster, but she has some Medusa yeah, characters. Yeah, she's purple, but um, yeah, I don't know what type of monster I would say she is. Um, but yeah, you know, Mike basically, he's kind of flirting a little bit, says he's got some nice reservations for them for her birthday. Um, she calls him Googly Bear. Uh, love that. Yeah, Smoothie yeah. poo. Some... No, man. Um I'm I'm nervous now, you know, making jokes through some of the disasters that happened last week. So I'm gonna really hold hold my punches on this one. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, we see he's got reservations, all that good stuff. He kind of looks like the hero of the hour. Cut to them in the locker room, and Mike basically thanks Sully for getting them reservations, and uh, he's like, "Oh, it's no problem, Googly Bear." Uh, which I think is just, you know, fun little bickering back and forth. Um, this is also when we are introduced to Randall. Uh, the, he's kind of a, a, what, a chameleon, would you say? Yeah, he's like a purple yeah. reptile who can um, change his color so he can morph into any background he's standing in. So he's pretty much invisible. Yeah. Camouflage. Um, and he's a dick. Uh but he oh, is a good awesome scare too. Uh, him and Sully, you know, go back and forth. Um, he's kind of out. So let, let me point something out real quick. That's just a little okay. interesting observation. So on the scare board where they like have all the numbers, it has, mm-hmm. it says Sullivan, right? Mm-hmm. Which is his last name. And then it says Randall. So is Randall his last That's name? That's a good point. 
I don't know. Or am I more big brain? I would guess that his last name is Randall, just because I I I don't know why I felt the need to, but I wrote down all those names, so I have them in my notes. I wrote down the whole scareboard, okay. um, and they are all last names. So I'm going to assume that Randall is his last name. Right. Um, but you know, Randall's giving him a hard time saying that, you know, he's going to be the first one to break, um, the, you know, the scare record. And I can't even remember what he says. Um, but he, he basically says he's got this advantage, you know, um, to Sully and he's gonna, you know, wipe the floor with him. And, you know, Mike is quick to say, Oh, that's great. Randall, it should make it even more humiliating when, the when he when we break the scare record first, and obviously that doesn't um, go over so well with Randall, you know, it's kind of the sort of thing where he makes somebody flinch. But um, I think we also in this scene, you know, after Randall leaves, we get them kind of put sharing deodorant stuff, or maybe it's not even deodorant. Maybe that's later, right? That's later one before that's the later. But regardless, we see uh, Mike put in a contact yeah, though, which yeah. is pretty good. So. <laughs> After the locker room, we get Nate's favorite scene. Just I'm gonna let you, you just know, you, go you walk me through the scene. So this is all the scene is completely <laughs> unnecessary. <laughs> but it's just like this snail mopping up some stuff, and then he moves away, revealing that it's his <laughs> stuff that he's mopping up. And then Mike Wazowski just walks by and he says, Chalubi, baby. And that's I it. mean, at that point, just roll the credits because what more do you need? Um, <laughs> it just it just furthers the point that Mike's the go. He is. He is. Um, from this point, that's Mike it. walks up to um, seems like a secretary's little desk or a little operation, and we are introduced to Roz. Um, a lot of people love this character. Um, I think Pixar is always good to have like mm-hmm. one of, of these type of people that are super quotable. You know, their role isn't necessarily huge. I'd say it's the same thing as kind of like Edna Mode. Um, Roz is yep. that character in this movie who's just got a real, real specific voice. And she is not entertained by Mike whatsoever. Um, and he has failed to turn in his paperwork uh, once again. So even though he's kind of smooth talking his way to Roz to get whatever he wants, um, she asks him if he got his paperwork done. He's like, well, yeah, you know, of course. And she, you know, even gives him a harder time saying, oh, is this, did you do it correct for the first time? Um, So obviously they don't have a great uh, relationship, but we know that Mike needs um, to turn in some paperwork. But anyway, from this moment on, we see mm-hmm. uh, we are then introduced to the scare floor. So we see it's like this big open kind of warehouse where there's all these desks, um, the individual desks for teams. Um, and then from the looks of it, you, each monster or scare has their own little partner in crime who kind of sets stuff up. And the way they have it organized is like each station gets their own door. And, like, you know, once you're done filling up, they, they have these little... Uh, yellow tanks that you, I guess, absorb all the screams. Um, and once they're filled all the way up, you know, you're done with that door. You've done your scaring. So it's on to the next one. And they kind of have this somewhat like a conveyor belt that um, gets rid of the last door and brings you a new one. But they but they have all these stations. Really? Up, so they go all the way down. And that's all really that's in this room. 
Um, but yeah, so once you get the new door in, it comes down, locks in, you put your tank on, and then uh, when it's good to go, the the little light at the top turns red. But anyway, um, we see that all of the kind of partners, or I don't know what their title would be, um, but they're getting everything ready. You know, they've got all their paperwork ready. They've got some of the monsters need, um, I don't know, they need extra stuff in order to scare. You know, they need new teeth or they need bigger claws or whatever it would be. They're getting all that stuff ready. And then we're introduced to a nice little slow motion walk in with some nice music playing and all the scares coming at the same time in slow motion. And Sully is right in front, you know, um, which I got to say, it's simple, but it hits, you know, it does its job uh, for sure. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so they, they, uh, I think it's also kind of cool too, that on the wall, there's a huge map of the world and they kind of have one little section highlighted and, you know, one of the guys, it's like today's yeah, for the it says, East Coast, oh, it's the Eastern whatever. Seaboard, you know, and we're getting ready, uh, which I also think is kind of it's kind of neat um, that they kind of break it down that mm-hmm. way. But yeah, all the scares are kind of getting ready at this at this point. Like we kind of said earlier, some people are putting eyes in, putting fake teeth in, doing whatever they got to do. Sully is just a bad mother f- and doesn't really need anything. He's just kind of getting pumped up by. Uh, by Mike, but we can see even from the scare like leaderboard because also I don't even know how this works, but you they have like numbers next to their names of how much scare what how much scares they get. Uh, how much how much screen juice? Which is interesting they to get. me too, just in the sense that it's like I mean everybody's using the same yellow canisters, so like how much screams technically fill that up and. I don't know. I feel like the numbers would be more or be, I don't know. I think that not every scare leads to a full canister, but each canister is worth a certain amount of scare juice. But we see James P. Sullivan kill it and every time it seems like he's not going to have a canister. We can even see from looking at the leaderboard that he, him and Randall are one and two. Yeah, and I think even forth, the way that the, it's not a montage. Well, I guess I guess this part is a montage. Um, basically, the moment that they kind of start scaring, you know, we're kind of going station to station, seeing people come in and out. You know, we never go in the rooms with them, but we just see we stay in the scare floor. And mm-hmm. I think that that's a good filmmaking thing to do. Um, you know, and I think that's probably easy for them from an animation standpoint because you instead of having to do all for the sure. individual rooms. Um, even later, you know, they, all the doors are colored different. So I think you can kind of get the feel, uh, that's almost kind of a more challenging thing too, is getting the idea of what type of, you know, children are in the room just based off what their door looks like. And, you know, some of the sounds that you hear, um, which I think is awesome. Um, but yeah, like I said, you get a nice little montage with some awesome music going as well. Um, and I think we see Water News kind of looking over things, and he's hoping that they make. Uh, I think he, he makes some um, quote saying something like, "Oh, we may make our quota today for the first time this month." Um, so, like we said before, um, this is uh, they're in kind of a drought, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think this is when we get 
the monster who freaks out because he runs out and he says, Oh, he touched me, blah, 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 blah. He's freaking out. And they basically say that they have a, yeah. they, they call for a dead door. So they take the door off the little, you know, machine that they have and they put it through a shredder pretty much. And which is also interesting to me because it goes through a shredder and when it comes out, it's like two little baby, baby weights. Like, how does it? Oh. Yeah, it's like the doorknob. Dude, I literally. I was so confused. I'm like, what the? F- How does that work? Little weights? It's freaking the doorknobs, dude. Was today years old when I figured that out. I'm sitting there this whole time. I never got it. I said, How does the wood of these doors make little metal weights? That this is your reach for the sky moment. I'm baffled. Anyway. Anyway, I'm glad I could capture it. Uh, we see for after this moment that Randall has taken the lead. He is now the top scare. So everybody in the room runs over to congratulate Randall. And then all of a sudden, you know, the the sound of um, these cans filling up is something that we've we've come to learn at this point. And we hear one. It we're hearing like six back, charts, back and we look over at Mike and he's like, boom, boom, filling up another one, filling up another one. And then uh, Sully comes out, cracking his knuckles, and he looks over at Randall. He's like, oh, sorry, it was a slumber party. And then he, Sully's back on top. So then everybody runs over to him. And obviously Randall is uh, irritated, and he's yelling at his partner to get him a new door. Um, at this point, we are getting another iconic moment because it is the 2319. Um, our furry little fuzzball, George Sanderson, little orange furry, uh, doesn't look like the brightest guy in the room. I'm just going to say, uh, I'm interested to see what his scare tactics are like. Cause just looking at him, he looks kind of like a dork. Um, but he, dang, what the heck coming out? With you know, you just rose. look at all these monsters and it's like, maybe not all of them are intimidating before they get the scaring, but this is mid scare and this dude comes out and he, you know, he doesn't look like anything. So I'm, I'm curious to see what his tactics are. Um, he's not at the bottom of the board. So I got, I got it right here. You know, he's, he's in the bottom five, but he's not, he's, there's three people under him. I'm just going to read the board. So the top, you got Sullivan, you got Randall, uh, you got a dude, I don't even know how to pronounce it. R-A-N-F-T. Good luck with that. Um, we've got a dude named Lucky, Rivera, Peterson, Jones. Then we got Sanderson under him. We got Jordan Posluzny. I'm just kidding. Uh, dude's name is it's close to that. It's like Plasuski or something like that. Um, then we get, yeah, they just, they put some tough ones in there. So, but they're at the bottom. You got a dude named Polly and uh, poor guy. I got to say, if Sanderson's ahead of you, what are you going to do? Um, I'm roasting this guy. <laughs> I, yeah, I guess, I guess hates I'm roasting this guy. Out of you for no I shouldn't. Reason. You know, everybody loves him. It's definitely one of the funniest parts of the movie. Um, but regardless, he walks out of this door and he's got a sock on his back. So his partner, who's just the worst person, you know, I may be, I may be roasting Sanderson, but it's out of love. But his partner is just a freaking tool, mm-hmm. and he yells twenty three nineteen, which is I just gotta say, who does that? 
Yeah, I look at what happens later with Mike and Sully. That's what That's I'm true saying. Fred right like, there. Dude, like, I would, I would never work with this dude again if he made me go through this. But he yells 2319. There's something from the kid world. Um, has entered the monster universe and um, is in, now on the scare floor. So all of a sudden, you know, we hear their alarms go off and through the windows come in the CDA all in their yellow hazmat suits. And that is the Child Detection or detection Agency. SWAT team shows up and oh. they take the sock off his back and throw it on the ground and then they drill in like a little dome. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's like they a blow bomb. it up pretty much. Uh, so then they undrill it and sweep up the little ashes. And then, um, you know, my man Sanderson's thinking, hey, that's not that bad. Um, but then instantly they put like a shower curtain over him. And uh, they shave him down. And they don't do a great job, too, because he's still got a little, you know, furs here and there. Um, but now he's bald. So if anything, they might have helped him out because now he literally looks frightening. Um, <laughs> he looks ugly. Uh, and, you know, it, uh, they even put a cherry on top. After they shave him, you know, he's just sitting there humiliated in front of everybody. And then one guy pretty much puts like a piece of duct tape on his back and rips it off to get like one last piece of hair off his back and uh, uncalled for, you know. But at this point, come on, man, what are you doing? This has got to be the worst day of this guy's life. Um, No, this is the worst day, getting roasted by you for no reason. I mean, honestly, I'm more curious than anything. He's not an, like, what? What? You haven't thought this? These are like, these guys scared for a living, and this is the, okay. All of them don't look scary outside of the They're literally in the process of scaring, and some of them for sure, they for sure look scary, dude. Look at Sully, dude. The guy doesn't look. But at least he's got scary. like crazy. You know, it's like he looks like a bear. So instantly in your head, you're like, yeah, he's got sharp teeth. I'm sure he can get it done. Let alone him being like the size of a mammoth. This guy looks like a little furball. He literally looks like a little teddy bear. Nah, dude, he looks like a giant freaking possum thing. <laughs> if you had that walking out of your closet coming towards you while you're eight years old sleeping, I'm... yeah, you're gonna yeah, be right, scared. Dude. Beat him up. Yeah, right, dude. You can't even beat up me and beat up anyone. Whoa, dude. We about to scrap? Anyway. Yeah, me and Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Don't check uh, your closet tonight, dude. I'm coming all out. All right, I'll be waiting for you, mother. Um, since the 2319 situation happened, the, the scare floor has now been put on hold. So even though, you know, they're about to hit their quota, it obviously gets delayed. Water news is like, uh, so Sully kind of comes over and is talking to Water News, and we then learn. I think he's even grabbing a cup of coffee, but we learned that uh, this has been kind of in his family, Water News, um, for like three generations. So this is kind of a family business for him, and uh, he's talking about how. Uh, like the new people that are coming in, uh, they just don't got it. You know, kids just aren't scared like they used to be. The people stink that are coming in. They're not scary at all. They all look like Sanderson or they look like Nate. Uh, they're just not making the cut. Or they're freaking five eight like Luca. So you're like two inches. Okay. Uh, Doesn't matter, dude. I'm average. 
You look like Mike standing next to me. I'm Sully. Literally, you're insane. <laughs> you're literally insane. Is 5'8 not average height? <laughs> Let's go on. Okay. Um, <laughs> oh, God, I'm good. No, I'm that, red. dude. You're boo. I'm Sully. I'm getting red in the chest right now. Okay. Um, yeah, so basically they kind of come to a, an agreement saying, hey, maybe would you come in and show some of the new guys kind of how it's done? Maybe they'll learn some stuff from you. And Sully uh, says, sure. Yeah. No problem. Uh, cut to the end of the day. Uh, we're in the locker room again. And this is kind of when um, Mike and Sully are just, it's just them hanging out. You know, they're getting ready. Day's over. And this is, we know that Mike has got his date later tonight with his girl, Celia. And also, I know somebody named Celia. These are the only two Celias I've ever met in my life. Or just, no. Um, I don't know. I think that's kind of a neat name. Regardless. Hey, hey, thanks for that, Luca. I was just thinking about it, and I want to give a shout out. Um, Mike says, hey, do you have any of the same... uh, you know, what kind of deodorant are you working with? Or maybe it's not even deodorant. Maybe it's just like a spray, you know. Um, and, you know, they're going back and forth. Hey, do you have this one? No, I don't have that. Um, I think they settle on wet dog. So, kind of neat. Um, uh, Mike even says, you know, something like after dinner, he's got plans to take her to a monster truck rally, uh, which is like, good luck with that, dude. Um Hey, we oh. don't know what a monster truck rally is. It could mean something completely different. That's a good point. That's a good point. I didn't really think about it. Um, but, I mean, it's truck rally. All time for Lukey. Well, you got to think truck rally. You pretty much know where you're getting, even though they're in a world of monsters. You still have to assume it's like a car thing. Um, so I think about that shit. Um, yeah, there... I snoozed on this freaking recap, dude. As we're leaving the locker room, <laughs> oh, my my boat is what? sinking right now. I'm halfway full of water. What I'm happens just, then, I, man? What happens after we leave the locker room? Uh, well, this is all he's you know he's talking about how he's got all these plans for the day and he's he's kind of uh, pumping himself up. He says, "I am so romantic that I should just marry myself," which is legend. Uh, yeah. And he's talking about how great his girl is. And, you know, um, she's got a face that makes him want to. And then he sees Roz pop up. He says, oh, which is great. But basically. Papers, Wazowski. Yeah. So she gives him a hard time about, you know, still hasn't turned in his paperwork and he can't leave until um, they're done. They kind of come to an or Basically, Sully says, oh, yeah, I, he agrees that he will kind of do them for him but they i think they just say that oh yeah we left on the scare floor i'll go get him for him it's no big deal um so mike kind of gives him instructions on all the you know it's it's kind of tough too you know it's like oh this one goes in this file that goes with this and it, it's not easy but regardless you know so he knows that he's got a date and all that good stuff so he frenzies yeah he he gives him he tells him it'll, it'll kind of cover for him so Sully goes back to the scare floor, and um, obviously at this point it's empty, but he notices that there's one door. It's a white door with kind of purple 
uh, flowers on it. It's just sitting there, and there's like a big spotlight on it. Nobody else is in there, so he's kind of scratching his head. He's like, what the heck is going on? So he he goes to investigate. You know, he he opens the door, doesn't see anybody in there, uh, you know, which is weird, too, because it's like, why would he want to, like, get the kid's attention? You know, at that point, I almost wouldn't go in. Would you? Yeah, I don't know. Weird move, just thinking about it. You know, it's like, if they're that afraid of kids, it's like, I wouldn't go in and say, hello, is there any scarers in here? Um, but regardless, you know, he doesn't see anybody in there. And once he closes the door, uh, we start to hear, you know, like little footsteps. And he's thinking, what the heck? And turns around, and we are introduced to Boo. Oh, yeah. And obviously, uh, Sully freaks out. He falls backwards. And I think he even falls into like a bunch of her toys, right? Yeah. But he, I think he picks her up again and, uh, or he picks her up and like puts her in her bed. And it's just a disaster. But now he's, he like shuts the door and he's got all these, um, he's got all this stuff from her room and he's got to like get rid of it, of course. So he, I think he goes to the bathroom and he tries to flush it down the toilet. But obviously, are you freaking smallest brain all time, Sully? What's going on here? Yeah, um, I gotta say, I was a little frightened that that one was coming towards me. Um, but I'm thankful that that one was towards Sully. Uh, he's trying to flush this stuff, and <laughs> it's just not doing anything. But now it's all wet with toilet water. So uh, he picks it up and just shoves it in a random locker. And he's thinking, oh, man, I'm relieved, you know. Uh, nobody's going to figure, you know. The kid's back in the room. I got rid of the stuff. We're fine. But as he turns around, we see Boo is kind of hanging on his back. Um, and as he kind of leaves the frame, we hear him freak out and running away. And we see Boo kind of chasing after him. It's a great little little fun sequence. But obviously from this point, you know, earlier we've heard that if you even get touched by a kid that you could die and she's climbing on him, you know, mm-hmm. this, he's, he's been touched. He's touched all of her toys and stuff in uh, the kid's room. And so at this point, you're kind of scratching your head a little bit. You're like, well, nothing's happened yet, but he's, he's still freaked out. And I think it's even cool too, just showing that he is, you know, we, at this point we know he's the biggest, baddest there is when it comes to scaring kids. And, you know, he's more frightened than anybody we've seen so far. Uh, which is which is pretty cool, um, but he basically takes Boo back to the scare floor um, to again try and put the the girl back in her in her little room, and he hears uh, somebody coming, so he kind of hides with the kid, and Randall shows up with a whole uh, cart of these scare tanks, and so. Basically, uh, Sully is hiding underneath the, I think he's hiding under a table, or maybe he's hiding behind the door, right? Yeah, and then the door goes up and Randall turns away and then he's just sitting there. Yeah, yeah. Um, So yeah, exactly that. Um, Randall begins to, you know, leave, and I think Boo makes a noise. So then Randall turns around, and now at this point, um, they are... I think they're hiding under the desk. 
and Randall. Yeah, I don't know. Sully's fast, I guess. Yeah, regardless. Um, yeah, I think uh, th- basically they get away. Um, but Sully doesn't know what to do, so his only plan really is to go to Mike and you know figure out where to go from there. And obviously we know that Mike has been on his little date, so we cut to the restaurant, which is kind of looks like a sushi place. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or it's Harryhausen's. Harryhausen's. Uh we see an octopus kind of chopping up some stuff and there's all different kind of monsters in there. Kind of looks like a fancy place. So, you know, good for them. Um but uh again, uh I think Mike even drops the name uh like basically says that Celia is the most beautiful monster in all of Metropolis. Um and says I, I think he like plans on saying her name, but he ends up saying uh Sully. Sully. And she's like, What? And he's like, What? No, I didn't mean that. I just and Sully ends up showing up and he's got a bag with him. And obviously we know that Boo is in the bag, but he doesn't know what to do. Um so Sully shows up and kind of slides in the booth with him. Um just trying to get Mike to look in the bag and he you know, Mike is just trying to get him to get out of there and Celia's uh, confused and doesn't know what is going on. It's supposed to be their romantic moment on her birthday and his best friend is showing up. And honestly, she doesn't even know that Sully uh, helped get him the reservations in the first place. Um, but regardless, you know, he's Sully's trying to get Mike to look under the table, look in the bag. Mike does. And he says, what bag? I don't see a bag. So then Sully's looking up. He's freaking out. Um, and they look up, no. and uh, we just see two little feet, you know, uh, walking through this rest through the middle of this restaurant. And then uh, Mike is, oh, Mike. so they they both slide out of the booth, and they're going after uh, Boo, and it's just a disaster. And it's it's great too because she climbs up on like a counter, and she says, "Boo." And then everybody in the restaurant freaks out, which is great because it's just kind of flipping the whole idea mm-hmm. on its head that this little girl who has yeah, maybe not even three, you know, um, is scaring all these monsters and they're freaking out. You know, the place is pretty much emptied immediately. Um, but they kind of swoop her up in the bag again and um, they hit the road. And I think Celia even sees them, you know, running down the street is trying to get their attention, but the CDA shows up again and uh, takes her with them, and it, it's a whole thing. But it's yeah, it's that's turning into quite a disaster for everyone that was in the restaurant. Yes, uh, but I think we even get a great moment here too because Mike says, "Well, you know, could have been worse." And then all in the background, we can still see the yeah. restaurant, and he's like, "Ah, it could have been worse." And then we literally see like a whole. Elect- dome. Yeah, an electric green dome go around the building and they like turn around and they're like, Ugh. so it is a disaster. Um, cut to them in their apartment. So obviously they can't really go anywhere and they're not sure what to do. Um, no, this is money. Yes. Um, Oh, I think we might even cut before we even get there, actually. Um, we get kind of a news um, 
it's like a new uh, breaking news sort of thing saying that there's a kid um, rumored to be in the monster world and everybody mm-hmm. there uh, who's being interviewed has like a different story. So we hear like, oh, you know, the, the kid blew up my car with its laser vision, you know, it cuts to a different interview and uh, said, the kid picked me up with its mind powers. Uh, and uh, somebody says, I saw the whole thing. It has tons of eyes and it's, you know, it's a, it's a whole thing and everybody's freaking out which is great um and which we also you know we go from looking at this you know news thing and it kind of slowly zooms out and we see that we're looking at a tv which i think is done tastefully and boom Mm -hmm. breaks their tv so now we're in their apartment and um you know they're they're freaking out because they still don't want to touch the thing um but now, you know, this... Yeah, they have, like, protective gear on, and... Oh, Mike's wearing... Mike's dressed to the nine. <laughs> oh, dude, he's wearing, like, oven mitts. He's wearing all different kinds of stuff. You know, they just... It's a whole thing. Anyway, um, Mike ends up getting... Uh, he gets sneezed on, uh, which is just a disaster, because then he, you know, he's freaking out, so he sprays himself with, like, some cleaner. Well, it's like, he's like, he's like, all right, as long as we keep our distance, everything will be okay. And then she runs up and sneezes in his eye. <laughs> and then he... he screams, and then he sprays himself with the disinfectant in his eye, and then he screams again, and his eyes all bloodshot. <laughs> Someone used that as, like, a coronavirus meme when it was first going around, and it was brilliant. <laughs> um, I think this kind of, that kind of frightened Boo, though, uh, because uh, she begins to cry. And then the power, you know, starts flickering, lights going on and off. Mm-hmm. We cut out of the apartment and we see that it's not just affecting their room. It's the entire apartment. Um, the power's kind of going crazy. Um, they're trying to, you know, get her to calm down by giving her a toy. And, you know, it's just not, it's not working. But Mike somehow ends up tripping and like a he falls into a trash can and the whole bookshelf ends up breaking and a bunch of books fall in his mouth. <laughs> so he's just, you know, having his worst life. And then he gets crushed by a freaking speaker. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, living his best life for sure. And that makes Boo laugh. And then we see that from the moment that she laughs, the power completely goes out. So it's kind of our first little taste of what the... It's like, oh, a little, ooh, a little spice. What the, the heck is going on here? Um, from that point, we cut to them. I think they're still in the um, living room, but now everything is lit with candlelight because, again, the power went out. Uh, Boo's coloring, and they're more or less just trying to kind of game plan for what they can do. Um, yeah, it's like he's he's writing down a bunch of things, and one of them, he's like, Giant wooden horse? Not too Greek. <laughs> like, how, how do they know what freaking Greek? Well, he even says, he, he even says, <laughs> I got it, I got it. You know, so he's like, okay, what is it? He's like, he's like, okay, using spoons, we dig a tunnel and release it into the wild. And he's like, uh, so he's just looking at him. And he's like, okay, that's it. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> and he crumples up the paper and throws it. And you see, like. It gives you the shot of all the papers around the trash. Yep. He's like, if that doesn't work, then I don't have anything else. Um, so that's awesome. But uh, this is also when we get uh, Nate's favorite um, boo meme or 
gif or whatever you want to call it uh but she's tired and you know they i think they say something to boo and she's just looking and her eyes look like they're half open and she's not even yeah, listening she's, she's freaking she's a thousand miles away baby she's out um oh so but 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 she shows she shows a drawing of sully yes which kind of lightens his heart a little mm-hmm. bit yeah but it's him and her right next to each other isn't it mm-hmm but they know that she's holding hands. <laughs> they know that she is uh, tired, so they're like, oh, well, let's at least try and get her to go to bed. So Sully is um, putting down, like, little treats that lead a trail to his bedroom. And he's got, like, a little bed on the, on the floor for her. Yeah, it's like kind of like what you would do for a dog or a cat. Yes. And... You know, as soon as he turns around, Boo's in his bed. And he's like, what? No, that's where I... S-. He's like, ah, you know what? You know, my chair's more comfortable anyway. And I was like, that's fine. And Boo's just freaking adorable. Uh, but before he leaves, she's... He can tell that she's a little unsettled. And he's like, what? And she points at the door. And he's like, what? There's nothing in there. And she shows him another picture. And it is of kind of a monster that looks kind of like Randall. So then he kind of puts it together. He's like, oh, Randall's your monster. And then he goes in the, he opens the door. He steps in there and he's so big, you know, he's got to duck his head and he stands in the closet. So really there's nothing else that can fit in there. He's trying to show her that the monster's not in there. And she just, she's not having it. She says, I don't care. Um, So he's like, fine. You want me to sit here until you fall asleep? Which is exactly what happens. Um, So, yeah. They, uh, after she falls asleep, Sully comes up with the plan to uh, take her back to her door and put her back in her room. Um, so they're going to have to somehow sneak her back into work. And this shot is incredible. But I'm going to get to it in a second. Uh, Mike is giving him a hard time. You know, he's like, what? How do you just expect us to walk in there? You know, like nothing's going to. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the camera is kind of zooming in. They're just in the living room again. But the the chair that Sully, you know, it was talking about previously is like a, like, I'm not a snake pattern, but it's like a leather. Type. Yeah, scales looking yeah. leatherness. And the camera, you know, slowly kind of zooms in on it. And then we cut to the same pattern, but it's like a bright purple kind of. Um, and we see that they have dressed Boo up to look like a monster. So they like put a mop on its head and. You know, she's wrapped in this couch interior or exterior, mm-hmm. whatever. So they, 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 either way, Mike is just like, what do you expect people to fall for this? And of course they do. Um, but yeah, so they, yeah, he like describes her as his cousin's sister's kid or whatever. Yeah. And your cousin's sister would be your cousin as well. So it's just funny. You're not wrong. Um, also, while they're at work, they notice that the, the CDA is there, and you know they're they're interviewing oh, people they're everywhere. there, so they they're on high alert. But yeah, uh, Sully does introduce Boo as his cousin's sister's daughter. Um, yeah, and everybody's just you know like okay, yeah, whatever, because uh, they even run into water news, and he's like, oh, who's this? And they say that, and Mike's like, what? You didn't know it's bring your relatives. Kids, kids, day, you know, it's just a disaster. Um, 
I think at this point we find out that man, does Boo have to go to I think Boo has to go to the bathroom and they take her to the locker room kind of where they normally would go and Sully is like we can't take her in there it's the men's room and Mike is just looking at him like that may be the weirdest thing that I've ever heard come out of your mouth <laughs> but regardless they take her to the bathroom and you know it's it's cute because he's standing in front of the stall and we just hear Boo kind of singing to herself um, mm-hmm. yeah the the water works are are working for me. Um, and it's just, it's some cute ass shit. I don't know what else to say. Um, but they also end up, it's just her and, and Sully and they end up, uh, playing hide and seek too. So it's, it's kind of, so it kind of is like the thing like Scooby Doo again, where like he looks mm-hmm. in one stall and she's not there and all the way down, she's like at the end. So he's thinking, he's like, man, you're good at this. What the heck? Um, but yeah, you know, they're, they're kind of playing, uh, hide or seek more or less. Yeah, and while this is going on, uh, Mike goes back to Roz, um, and he's kind of trying to, you know, charm her again. He's like, "Did you get a haircut? He's like, Did you get a, a lift, a tuck?" <laughs> and <coughs> she basically says that he didn't Uh-oh. turn in his paperwork again. So while he's got like his hands on the counter, she like slams the little metal. Um, I mean, what do you even call oh, the thing? Dude, the abuse that this man <laughs> gets put on him throughout this movie is immense. Yeah, he got he got beat up the night before for sure in his own apartment. And this this just, even thinking about it, this one hurts. She closes the... But he's in, he's always there, you know, that's why he's the best character. Yeah, um, he gets his hands basically, uh, how do you, what even is the thing that she closes on his hands? It's like the the metal door, the like the little closing, the window. Yeah, we'll go with that. Um, she slams the, the little window closer um, on his hands, so his fingers are just freaking demolished. Um, so, shouts out to Mike one time because that's no fun. Um, and he, we get his we get his signature scream, which is wonderful. Yes. Uh, we cut back to Sully and Boo, and she ends up running into Randall. So she is completely frightened, and you know they they don't really have anywhere to hide. So they go inside of a stall, and they hear uh, Randall is searching for a kid. Um, and if he finds out, you know who let the kid out, they're dead. Um, good shot too, you know. And when he does it, he like hits the stall door. And the door opens and you can see them sitting in there mm-hmm. and then it closes again. That's a great shot. Uh, and then they cut and it's leaving. And then, well, they splash in the toilet and Boo says, you. Yes. And then they cut and then <laughs> Mike's feet's all wet. He's got to like how is he getting the short end of the stick every corner that they turn? It doesn't. In this, it's almost like SpongeBob in the sense that like all this stuff happens to him, and it's ne- it never really, really affects. He <laughs> never gets him down, man. Yeah, he's just always in his own little world. Um, <laughs> but Mike ends up stealing a a key card and um, gets a door to. They gotta get yeah. yeah. He gets a door to come down, and the, they're on the scare floor, and. 
it's like a like a big wooden uh i i guess i don't know how to describe it other than it seems like a western style very yeah no very ornate and uh just fancy good uh good craftsmanship on the store yeah and he's like all right let's put her in there and then so he's like that's not her door he's like yeah it is sure and then he opens the door <laughs> and you hear like yodeling and he closes it he's like see and you know they're just arguing back and forth he's like that no her door is white it's got flowers that's not i'm not putting her in there and mike is just trying to you know get out of the situation it's cool he's like listen this is this is what we got to do you know that we don't have any other options and at this point they're not alone on the scare floor there's a whole you know there's still other people working because they're right there during the middle of the day and you know the the argument kind of builds and builds and he says that's yeah, he says, yeah. if you don't put that thing back where it came from, or so help me. And then, you know, he looks over and everybody stops what they're doing and is looking at him. And he says, oh, you know, I got a new musical. Come on, that's the hit song. You never heard of it? And, you know, they're all looking at, at each other. He's like, put that thing back, for, or back where it came from, or so help me. And then Sully's doing the yeah. beat for him. So that's, that's pretty great. Um... Sully ends up running into Randall, um, and Randall's like, you know, he's kind of bringing up the conversation. Oh, did you hear a kid got out? Blah 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 blah. Um, and they're, you know, they're like, oh my gosh, that's crazy. And I think even, um, I think Mike even suggests that it's like somebody else who's like at Raz's counter um, and says, oh, I think it's like. Uh, Wave or Waxford or whatever the dude's name is. He's like, really? He's like, yeah, he's got those shifty eyes. You can't trust him. So Randall goes over to kind of interrogate, um, interrogate that dude. Uh, but then we are, we run into Celia again and she's got like this, uh, yeah, like, a, like the dog cone that you see. Um, She's wearing the same thing, and she's so mad because she's like, what the heck are you doing? Like, we had all these plans, and you just leave me? Like, what the heck is going on? Um, and she's pretty mad, so obviously she's pretty loud. So Randall is still not that far away from them. So he looks over, kind of seeing why she's yelling at him, and Mike notices that. And he's just trying to get away from Randall at this point. So he grabs her and gives her a smooch, and Randall, you know, doesn't think anything of it. Um, but he ends up kind of sneaking off pretty much. And Randall mm -hmm. grabs a newspaper and is looking at the picture again, um, from the restaurant. And he notices that Mike Wazowski is in fact in the background of the picture, the legend himself. So dude. the one time he's not covered up, you know? Yes. This is, well, honestly, it's not even like fully him too. It's like still kind of half of his body. <laughs> Um, but if you saw that, that half, you know exactly who it is. Um, so, you know, he just says, Wazowski. So then he goes, you know, he goes after him again. Um, can't catch a break, man. Freaking Mike. What are you going to do? Um, <laughs> basically, uh, as Mike is running down the hallway, Randall, he runs into Randall regardless. And, it turns into a sort of thing where he's not even, he's not even mad. I mean, obviously he's mad, but basically gives him an ultimatum. 
that he's like, yeah. I'm going to tell you right now that at this time today, that door is going to be there. And if you don't put the kid back by this time, then, you know, it's your butt. Um, which is kind of, you know, that's it's not a bad position to be in, honestly. And they kind of do this cool thing with Randall, too, where it's like up against a portrait of water mm-hmm. juice. And then, like, the eyes blink, and then it turns out that it's him just camouflaged. Yes. I thought that was yeah. clever. Yeah, they do a good job of kind of showing him, or giving him a nice little entrance to um, little scenes like that. Because um, there's a shot coming up a little bit later that I think is freaking money that kind of has to do with the same thing of him being camouflaged. Um, but we cut back to Sully, who has Boo with him, and... Uh, I think some people stop him to want to sign an autograph. Um, but, yeah. Um, if you talk... Like, Boo kind of wanders off and then uh, hops into a trash can. Wow. Oh, this... Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, she she wanders off while this is going on. And, uh, yeah, she she goes in the trash can... And, you know, Sully's trying to kind of break away from these people. Um, and But we see that, like, the, the janitors also show up to take, like, the trash cans and kind of put mm-hmm. it down the garbage chute. And it is none other than, like, our two favorite people. And, you know, they're, <laughs> they're just talking to each other about life. And one of them is talking about, you know, how he's like, you know, when I told her, you know, if you talk to me like that again, then we're through. And then, you know, Buddy says... Uh, well, what did she say to that? He says, well, you know, uh, well, you know my mom, so she sent me to my room. Um, <laughs> which is just freaking, it's great. Um, but we see that Boo makes her way out of the, the garbage can. Um, but like one of her little eyeballs has had broken off in the process and is still in the garbage can. So from Sully's perspective, he sees just that eye sticking out and he thinks that she's in there. Um, so once he breaks away from the autograph thing, um, he is not quite there in time and the garbage does go down the chute. Um, so he's in full panic mode while Boo basically runs into another, uh, group of kids yeah it's like a field trip sort of and thing. i gotta say the other kids there's one of them in particular pretty cute for monsters oh yeah and then even even when it goes like well what's your name and you get the classic mike wazowski yes. and then oh man it's so good but yeah Sully is like bolting it downstairs to the trash like compactor or whatever and he's looking at uh he he can see the trash with the eyes sticking out and he sees it's just getting mm-hmm. smushed and then it gets like chopped up and then it gets like burnt. It's just literally just like one. It, it keeps worst. getting yeah. worse. And, you know, he'll like look and he eventually faints and then he, wake, he comes to and looks again and he faints again. You know, this is just, which honestly it's like in a kid's movie, that's pretty rough just to even think about like mm-hmm. if she was actually in there. Um, And he is devastated. Um, But then we cut back and Mike is kind of searching for Sully. And uh, I think he's in the locker room at this point. And they run into Sanderson and the other dude again. 
And Sanderson opens up the, one of the lockers, and it just so happens to be the locker that has all the stuff that Soli had put in there previously from Boo's room. And the partner again yells for another twenty-three nineteen, and he is he Unlucky is again break. tackled. Um, rough. Uh, cut back to Soli. You know he's in tears, um, but they he runs into Mike, and it becomes a. It becomes a whole thing because he's just holding like this little cube of trash. Um, he's like, I can still hear her voice. And then, yeah. And then we hear like, we, <laughs> yeah, we hear like a like a subtle boo in the background. It's kind of getting closer. And then Mike is confused and he's looking at it. He's like, man, I can hear it too. And he's looking at it. He's like, how many kids do you got in there? <laughs> uh, which is maybe one of my favorite lines of the movie. Um, but they look uh, down the hallway, and there is Boo. Um, so, of course, they, you know. <laughs> Here's one of my favorite moments in the movie, too. Okay. Um, you know, <laughs> Sully, you know, gives Boo a big hug and says, don't you ever, you know, run away from me like that again. I was, you know, scared, blah, 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 blah. And I think the teacher of the field trip is like, oh, you know, it's so sweet or whatever. And what does Mike say in this in this spot? Well, it goes, Sully goes like, oh, no, no, I'm just the, the, the blah, blah, blah. And then one of the kids just starts saying, Mike Wazowski, Mike Wazowski. And then it cuts to Mike. He's like, yeah, yeah, kid, now get out. <laughs> <laughs> and then he bites yeah, his hand. kids got shit. <laughs> we get this creep. And that's a kid I actually think looks pretty cute. But, yeah, bites his hand. Just just, just Billy Crystal's delivery on that is, like, perfect. Like, the, yeah, yeah, kid, now get out of my face. Well, I'm... Oh, well, you also so got to think that's probably the same hand that got smashed earlier. Yeah, dude. Well, he's getting <laughs> so it's just, at this point. How does he even have uh, have fingers? <laughs> His knuckles yeah, are. Hot. But I think does this make? I think that makes Boo either laugh or cry. And again, yeah. Every time, every time Mike has any physical pain, Boo laughs. And that again sets um, the lights off. Um, there's like a power yeah. surge, which again, as you're scratching your head, you're thinking, what is going on here? Um, we cut back to the scare floor and the one door, like Randall says, mm-hmm. is there. And basically, Sully is looking at it and he's like, no, he's like, wait, Randall told you this? He's like, yeah, it's, it's the same door. It's whatever. He's like, no, I don't like this. I don't feel like it's safe for Boo. And Mike is like, what are you talking about? This has been the plan all along. You know, it's finally here. It's the right door. And he goes inside the room. And Randall ends up, or no, he goes in the room. And they're still standing, like, outside the door. And uh, as soon as mm-hmm. Mike comes in, Mike is taken. You know, he's he's swooped up. And then we know that Randall, was he's got these plans to steal a kid. Um, so at is Randall freaking blind, no, dude? Uh, they did not look similar. Uh, but regardless, um, they Sully and Boo hide again. And I think this is the part where we get the money shot, for me personally. Um, because yeah, Boo yeah. makes a noise. They're hiding under the table. Um, well, which this is also weird, too. because not only, So imagine them. He, he puts Mike in like a sack or something. And he's pushing around the same cart that has like all these uh, scare tanks on him. But he lifts up a little contraction, and there's like a hidden compartment in the middle. So it's not; these are not separate yeah. containers. It's just kind of 
yeah, it's like a fake yeah, card. And there's like a whole open middle part where you can hide stuff. And he throws Mike in there and shuts it, and he's going to leave again. And Boo makes a noise, so then Randall goes to investigate, but he goes invisible. So then we get the close-up shot of uh, Sully and Boo underneath the table, and, you know, they're looking left and right, but they're not moving at all. And all of a sudden, Randall's face, you know, comes into frame, like, right mm-hmm. next to theirs, but he still doesn't notice him, um, which I think is just freaking awesome. Um, but obviously, he, t- he took Mike, so Sully kind of chases Randall, and they get to uh, basically a dead end. Um, at the end of this hallway, um, there's it just looks kind of like a workshop thing. Like there's all these different tools hanging up on the wall, which is kind of a weird place to put that stuff. If you think about it, um, mm-hmm. like just come to a random hallway and at the end of it, there's just tools hanging on the wall. Weird. I don't know. Now that I'm saying it out loud, it seems kind of weird. Um, but regardless, um, they come to a dead end and he's like, I don't, what the heck? I followed him all the way. You know, I've, He's confused, and Boo is again kind mm-hmm. of doing her own thing, and is kind of reaching up to grab one of the one of the tools, and the lever it ends up being like a lever to that opens up a secret hallway. And then Sully's like, "Heck yeah, Boo!" And they go down this creepy hallway, and she's kind of scared, but he grabs her and says, "You know, it'll be okay." Bold move for sure. Because if I had like the little girl with me, I don't know if I'd go in there. Um, but he does. You know, he's big dude, so whatever. Right. And we then see that there's like this whole hidden uh, room, and there's this huge machine. They they tie Mike up to this chair, and they have this machine that it's kind of like your classic evil villain monologue. Um, where they yeah. say that this machine, you know, sucks the scares out of whoever's in it. So that, that makes sense of why um, why they want the little girl. Because I'm sure that they're probably the most frightened. So that's a whole thing. But the machine in general is absolutely frightening. Um, I have nightmares oh, yeah. about this for sure. But it's also kind of a nice reveal for Randall too. Because... He takes a sack, dumps it in the chair, and it's Mike. So, you know, he's also confused at the same time. But anyway, we learned about this machine. It's a whole thing. The thing gets real close to Mike's lips. You know, they're going to just do it anyway. And so Mike, you know, he can't tell anybody about it pretty much. And then it stops. You know, it's like the machine shut off. And Randall's looking at his partner saying, what the heck happened? And the guy's like, oh, I don't know. It's got it's to be something here. You know, they're looking. And Randall sees that one of the cables moved. So then he follows the cables and see that, or sees that it was unplugged. Um, so he plugs it back mm-hmm. into the wall. He comes back. Here's that the machine is working. And, but we also see that uh, Mike is no longer in the chair. And it is just the dude, it's Randall's partner. I don't know that guy's name. Do you know his name? Uh, it's like, what is it? It's just a classic gross name. Fungus or something like really? that. Let me see. I can tell you here in one second. But also, this might be... Fungus. Also, I got to say, before we just breeze over it, this also is maybe one of my favorite lines of the movie. Um, because while Randall gets to the end of uh, the cable, 
he's just not in the same room. So this kind of gives Mike a little bit of time to talk himself out of this situation. He's talking to Fung. You said Fungus? He's talking to yeah. him, and he's like, you know, I have a nice car. Do you like cars? If you let me go, I'll... And he, he hesitates, and he says, I'll give you a ride. <laughs> <laughs> Just the way he delivers it freaking kills me. But all of a sudden, you know, we get a shot of uh, Fungus, and then he's swooped up by by Sully. So we kind of get the idea that he kind of saves him in that regard. But yes, mm-hmm. uh, Machine ends up sucking the life out of Fungus, and Randall turns it off. And now this monster that was red is now completely pale, and his lips are completely swollen and bright red. And that sight alone um, is frightening. Uh, my best, yeah. My best bud D. This would have been earlier this year. Um, I don't even know what happened. I don't know if he was allergic to something, but his face kind of swelled up. And we were trying to get him to talk. Like, what? What does it look like? And he sent a picture of this moment in this movie. Um, <laughs> so I didn't want to see it, you know, because. It's frightened me ever since I was a kid, in all honesty. You know, none of the scaring monster stuff bothered me, but just looking at his pale face and his huge lips, and I don't know, man, freaks me out. Um, but anyway, um, after this part, instead, uh, they're running down the hallways, you know, and they run into an exit, um, and but instead of leaving, um, so he says, you know, they they almost pull like a breakfast club here. You know, it's like, boom, what they want is right here. And so he gets that. He's like, no, I have a plan. And they're like, what? Why Why would you? Let's just leave. And so he kind of blows it in this scenario. I'm just going to say it. Um, oh, yeah. But then we cut back to another scaring scenario with one of the new guys. Uh and it goes terrible again. Water news stops the whole thing. He's like, well, what, did, what was that? What are you doing? That Like, how is that frightening? You know, you're as scary as... And he makes some rude comment. Um, gotta say, I can relate. Um, and the guy says... Uh, he says, oh, I was going for like a snake ninja approach with, uh, with some hissing. Uh, good stuff. But Sully goes right up to Water News. Um, and he's trying to tell him what's going on, but Waterness keeps cutting them off. And he, you know, they had talked previously about Sully coming in to kind of give an example. And Boo is still with him, you know, or I think Mike is supposed to be like watching Boo, but she gets away because Mike is sometimes useless. And this is one of those scenarios. Um, so Boo just goes off and kind of is on the set and. Sully mm-hmm. is so fed up with getting cut off. He's like, fine, I'll just do it real quick. And he's like, I think Water News has for like a reel. He's like, show me like one of your, your roars. And he's like, oh, just fine. And he does it. You know, it's completely frightening. And of course, they capture it on the camera. And uh, Boo sees it and is completely frightened. And she runs away. Mm-hmm. And then Sully, you know, is thinking, he's like, what the, what happened? You know, he's, he's watching the replay and you can see Boo in the in the shot, seeing how scared she is. And it's kind of like a big wake up moment for him. Um, but regardless, uh, they are now able to kind of tell the whole situation to Water News. And um, 
he's, you know, he's thinking, oh man, how could something like this happen? You know, there's really only one thing we could do. Um, they have like a little door, um, thing like in the scare floor in the same room with the set. So they bring a door down and, you know, as he's kind of talking, Sully and Mike are confused because it's still not the right door. You know, it's, this one's like a big metal door and, um, yeah. You know, not to cut him off, but Sully says, you know, uh, it's great that you're willing to help us, but that's not her door. And Water News says, oh, th- this isn't supposed to be her door. It's not for her. It's uh, it's for you. And then Randall appears, you know, out of his camouflage and opens the door. And Water News pushes both Mike and Sully through this door. And now they are in... Uh, it looks like freaking Antarctica, to be honest. They're just in this winter uh, location where it's just covered in snow. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, I think they end up breaking the light or whatever, so they wouldn't be able to come through again. But so, you know, rushes yeah. to open the door, and there's nothing on the other side. So, you know, he's freaking out. And this, that, and the other. Um, and again, you know, they just start, yelling at each other again, just based on the situation that they're in. Uh, Tensions are high. Um, Oh, they even, like, actually get into a fight here. Yeah, because they they are, you know, Mike's just giving them a real hard time. And he says, you know, Mike just doesn't stop talking throughout this whole thing. But he says, all you had to do was listen to me just once. And then, you know, Sully's only thinking about, you know, boo in the scenario. And then Mike says, and you're still not listening. And he literally like tackles him. So then they, you know, go rolling down mm-hmm. the hill. Um, and then we are then introduced, you know, once they come to a stop, we're introduced to uh, uh, the Bomberal Snowman, who we've heard about before. You know, Hell Williams yeah. has said something about, you know, um, getting, uh, what's the word? Uh, He's been not exiled, but banished, retired, banished from the monster world, I guess. So he's been put here, which I guess if you're the abominable snowman, that kind of works out because he's got big white fur. Well, what I like is insinuated, yeah, is that it's like he was part of the monster world and then it's like he gets banished and then he becomes part of the human legend because he's actually a monster, but that's how these monsters exist in our world is because they're like banished here. Dang. Again. Didn't Smart. even think about it that way. This movie freaking rocks, dude. Anyway, uh, the abominable snowman looks like Kyle Owen and his voice by uh, John <laughs> Ratzenberger. So he's got like a, he's not, doesn't have an intimidating voice at all. And he looks very friendly. So I like that they kind of build it up only to then uh, show us uh, this, this lovable guy. Um, but he takes him back to his crib pretty much. And at this point, Soli is still devastated. And, uh, you know, the abominable snowman, you know, even talks about being banished just like Bigfoot. Um, which even uh, goes into what you were kind of talking about, how these monsters can kind of become legends of the real world. And that's, you know, the other big one, like Loch Ness Monster, I think would make sense too. 
Um, he asks them if they want mm-hmm. any snow cones, and he's got a whole tray of snow cones, and they're yellow. They're all and yellow. They're all yellow. <laughs> he's like, "Oh no, don't worry, they're they're lemon flavored." And they, but they both pass. And um, I think he might even, I think Mike might even grab one and throw it. He throws it at. Well, yeah, because it's because it's like. Sully's still just staring at nothing and he's not listening to Mike again. So Mike gets pissed and starts throwing the snow yeah, cones you know, at He goes him. in the hole. Oh, there is no we here, you know? And uh, since Mike throws all the snow cones and it's kind of a tense, awkward situation, Abominable Snowman says, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go make some more snow cones. He takes the tray and he kind of leaves. Um which I gotta say, in general, I kind of feel bad for the Bombable Snowman in this movie. Yeah, man, he's, he's just trying, trying to make some new, some new friends. friends. He seems like a great guy, but I'm just worried that he's real lonesome, you know. And as, fu- as fun as this he situation is. is, you know, they don't even really say goodbye to him. And that that's mm-hmm. one thing that kind of makes me sad. If we ever got a sequel, I'd love to see him again. Um, but, Hell yeah. anyway... Uh, they, you know, they get into it again, and he says, "Oh, there's no we, blah 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 blah." But you know, Sully, I think the Abominable Snowman makes he says something about there being a small town not far away. Yeah, yeah. So Sully like, comes oh, up man. with the plan. Oh, he's going to go to the town and go through one of those doors or whatever. And um, that's when he says, "There's no we," because he's like, "Yeah, if we just go," and he says, "We, there is no we." So. That's not going to stop Sully to save Boo. So, you know, he gets a little sled and gets all ready. He might even throw a scarf on or whatever. But, you know, he takes off by himself. And he, you know, he's flying, baby. He is flying, but he's going so fast that he ends up crashing. And um, I think he even goes right past the abominable snowman who's just finished getting all these snow cones. (laughs) It's just, I don't know why, man. That sort of thing makes me sad. I like that dude. And I, I wish that he got... Um, maybe Mike said something to him on his way out. I'm going to hope that that's a deleted scene in my brain. Um, but as soon as he crashes, he looks up and he's kind of right next to the um, the little village that he had previously been talking about. So, uh, mm-hmm. Cool. And he we then cut back to the scare floor and... So he bursts through one of the doors and he takes off. And I think again, something from the real world ends up finally coming in. And uh, Sanders, oh, no, well, well, it's like he busts, Sully busts in and it is Sanderson's door. So Sanderson mm-hmm. gets knocked over and then his partner like starts complaining or something. So he picks him up and throws him in the door. <laughs> yeah, well, it. I think he's about to say 2319 again. <laughs> And he picks him up by his throat and throws him in there. Um, and then I have here, Sully rips door off. What door does he rip off? Let me go. Let me go on to the next one. Okay. Um, Sully saves Boo. Oh, okay. Yeah, of the of the hidden door. Yeah, he goes yeah, down so to the... he knows where like the, the yeah. hidden room is. So he rips the little tool wall. He rips that door off. Mm-hmm. Um, we see that Boo is in the little chair, which is just a frightening sight to think that somebody 
that's that no, little my you know, gonna get put in this uh, machine yeah. also. Uh, no, I'm not gonna make it true. Um, but Water Noose is in there. Randall's uh-huh. in, all the all the crew is pretty much in there. But Sully, you know, runs in there, kind of saves the day, lifts the whole machine, and kind of rips it off of its track and corners Water Noose so he can't move, and he grabs Boo and takes mm-hmm. off. And obviously, Water Noose is you know he's like. Randall's really not sure what to do. You know, do I go after Sully? Do I save Water News? What should I? But basically, Randall ends up in a fight with Sully, and Sully ends up getting his butt whooped because he can't see. He's fighting somebody pretty much invisible. Mm-hmm. So he just keeps eating punches and stuff. And um, he ends up in a situation where he's getting strangled. But meanwhile, Enter Mike Wazowski, also with snow cones. And, you know, he's trying to he's trying to talk himself through the situation. He's like, listen, you know, all I wanted was you to give me some of the attention. You admit some of your faults. You know, we both are wrong here. And at the same time, so he's getting strangled. He's getting strangled. He's getting you know, beat he can't up. speak. And he's trying to, you know, get Mike's attention to tell him what's going on. And Mike's like, what? Well, uh, let me finish. And, you know, he's uh, he's going through this whole thing. And then we see that Sully is like, he's literally almost being hung at this point. And, his, you know, his eyes are starting to roll back and he, he can't speak. And again, Mike gets fed up. He's like, and you're still not listening. And he throws a snowball at him and he completely misses. And he hits Randall. And since the, the snowball hits Randall... Um, so he can see where his face is, hits him with, hits him with a mean right hook out. And then, um, Mike then kind of puts it all together. He says, Oh, you were, but I, Oh, either way, um, they take off, but even the, Oh man, I messed up another one of the best lines because when he's like getting strangled and his eyes are rolling back and his eyes are starting to water uh mike is trying to you know give his apology and he's like listen if you start crying then i will (laughs) Uh, but anyway they make it out there and you know they're running and then mike is then tackled by celia um and as they're running you know i think sully's He's got Mike by the arm. So they're all just, he's kind of dragging both of them. Yeah. And she's like, you're going to tell me what's going on and I'm not going to let go on this. And then he does, you know, he tells her, you know, the child that got away. Well, you know, we have it. And Randall's after us because he wants this and that. She's like, you expect me to believe that? And turns around and Randall is chasing them. So uh, (laughs) that's a whole thing. But Randall's kind of right behind them. So I think she... Make some sort of distraction to kind of give them still more of a head start, which is pretty dope. Um, yeah. Uh, regardless, um, they get to the scare floor and um, they're not really sure what to do. You know, the Randall's coming up on their tail and Sully just climbs onto one of the doors and, you know, presses the button so that it will release it um, up and into wherever the doors go and come from. Uh, which speaking of like uh, climaxes of movies and just u- using your location um, to your advantage, this mm-hmm. one is very awesome. 
because um, you know it's it's the same oh, thing kind of how i felt in toy story 2 where it's like you have something um maybe this one isn't so much so like in everyday life like at an airport wondering where your bags go and they go through the little little flappy black things but you know we've seen the scare floor throughout this whole movie and we see that the doors all go up into the rafters and they go into this dark you know, little room, and you're like wondering, what the heck? Where do these things go and come from? And they, as they're holding on to this door, we get put into this awesome, awesome sequence where we see where all the doors are kind of hanging up. Um, what would you even compare it to? Like, is there another movie that kind of looks like this? No, oh man, I don't know. It's kind of it's similar to like an airport sort of thing in a way, but um, it's kind of like a storage facility as well, where it's just a warehouse of all these doors. Um, and this was actually one of the things in production where it was like very hard for uh, Pixar to kind of do stuff like this because there's so many objects in this set that it's like one of their hardest sets that they ever had to design up until this point. So. And the fact that it moves so fluidly and it's such a great climax. Yeah, and they're impressive. you know they're holding on for dear life. Um, the do- they end up kind of following this thing. It's almost like a roller coaster ride in the sense. Um, but even though the doors are going mm-hmm. every which way, um, there is like one big wall where all these doors are kind of stacked on top of each other, and they end up getting put like inside of it pretty much and there's still more doors like coming behind Mm -hmm. them so they're in a scenario where they're about to get squished um so they you know basically the plan is okay you're gonna have to make because the door the doors don't work unless the correct so they have some energy looks at mike and says you got to make her laugh and (laughs) do you remember what he does because it doesn't work Uh, he like he does something without hurting himself he tries to do like a little trick like a magic trick or something and she's just not having it so then he like yeah oh no this part is freaking awesome because uh she he says okay and uh you know like he jumps and basically falls on this door that's later okay no 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 that happens later yeah he like pulls out his eyelid and then he flicks it back on and himself. That, that and turns to laughing. It's powering. Yeah, so that like, turns all the, the doors now. The light on. They go inside the door. They're in like a tropical um, location, um, and they come out on another side. And now they're like on another location within this room, um, which is just it's just so smart how they come come up with this kind of location for the climax. They make it through this tropical door. They come out on their side. They're in a different location. They just end up keep having to go through these doors because at this point, Randall is right behind them, you know, getting closer. And um, so they go from this tropical door. They go inside another one, and it seems like they're in, like, Japan or something, um, some Asian city uh, real quick. And they go through another door. You know, they're just going. and they Yeah, they're going in and out of all these doors, and it's sweet. And they're, you know, boom, now they're in France, you know, and it's a whole, um, it's a whole thing, but, um, there is an altercation with Randall, you know, he kind of catches up to him and I think he even gets boo, you know, so they're in like a, 
they're in a dilemma because I can't remember how specifically, but yeah, they you know they end up fighting. Randall does end up getting Boo, but we get a little nice Randall versus Sully again, like on a ledge. Mm-hmm. Um, Sully is kind of like hanging on um, for dear life, and Rand- oh yeah, they're hanging on the edge of a door. You know that's the thing is you know because he's about to go through again. Uh, they fight a little bit. Randall pushes him basically outside of the door, and then Sully's hanging on the edge with just his his, his fingers, pretty much. Mm-hmm. It's freaking awesome. Um, but at this point, I think Boo has built up some courage. She definitely has seen how Sully has been kind of saving her and you know fighting for her. So she kind of builds up the courage to go and kind of fight Randall herself. Um, so she like climbs on his back and is like pulling him. And this is even a great sequence because he starts changing all different colors to different things that are in her room. Um, it's, it's great. Um, but also we noticed that um, just looking in her room, I saw that Nemo was in there. Yeah. Th- I, this is in Boo's room though. Yeah. But just in a, in whatever room we're in, I noticed yep. that Nemo is in that room. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of cool. Actually, they get pretty on the nose at the end here with some of the reference. You know, I think it's fun seeing little Easter eggs that you didn't notice. But in this one, it's like heavy. There's one that I didn't notice in Incredibles 2. But it's like the same thing where it's like Duke Kaboom in uh, Jack Jack's crib. So it's like a toy for the next movie already in it. I was like, oh, that's clever. But Uh Pixar does this stuff a lot. Because yeah. there's always multiple movies in production, so it's kind of like they have the assets and everything, so they're able to pull some strings and get it in. Yeah. Okay, and then... I'm trying to think of what... How does the fight with Boo and Randall end? Because I... So, so, so well, Sully comes in, mm-hmm. and then they're all fighting, and Sully gets a good grip on her, and then Boo's like roaring at uh randall and then mm-hmm. it's pretty much like so he's like well guess like she's not scared of you anymore get looks like you're out of a job and then it cuts to them like kind of on uh like a catwalk with a door open and sully's holding randall again uh and they kind of like throw randall into the door punch the light uh and then it kind of looked it is it's a hundred percent the place from a bug's life like that trailer mm-hmm with the pizza planet truck and they're like oh god it's a gator <laughs> get the get the broom we gotta get out of here and they start beating them up um and then they break the light and toss the door over the ledge so it breaks so randall's trapped for a while but technically he could come back that's true that is do you think we'll get a sequel uh i wouldn't say that it's out of the question but it probably will be a while okay um and then we Water news shows up again, correct? Yes, because they're they're well, they're on their way to bring. Um, because this is the moment that they that... run they run to the demo room again, and they're trying to call down Boo's door to get her back. And then that's when you know Sully says, "Hey, we need you to make her laugh." So he yes. know, does a flip, yes. lands. Uh, so. He basically destroys his, his balls. <laughs> if he has them, it doesn't really seem like he has them. Yeah. And then it says, oh, her little cover was down. <laughs> and you do it again, and he's like, oh, which is just 
money. Uh, and I can't remember what he even does to make her laugh again. But um, yes, uh, Water Noose is now. He, I think he comes into the room. Yeah, um, like he's he's like as Boo's like showing Sully around and like handing him toys and stuff. Mm-hmm. Then uh, he puts Boo to bed, and then uh, he hugs Boo, and then he turns around, and then Water Noose is in the. Because before they even got to that room, he was on their tail, and then Sully yeah. closed the door and like uh, had that metal bar that he kind of bent so that the door was kind of locked. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. So it turns her. Once we get to her room, though, that we're talking. There's a toy of. There's like just a ball from Toy Story with like the star on it is in there. You get yeah. Jesse is in there, and I think I even see another Nemo in there. So mm-hmm. it's like. Holy crap, they're just, they got all the references in there. Um, but in this scenario, I uh, have Water Nooses distracted by Mike. Do we remember what he does? No. Okay. Um, so Water Noose turns around, or I mean, Sully turns around after putting Boop back, sees Water Noose. Um, because don't they do like they do a misdirection here? Because they... well, yeah, because because then Water News starts like him and Sully kind of get into a little brawl, and then Water News basically states everything about how like the whole human thing is a lie, and they're about to fund this new way of just extracting uh, the juice out of humans to power everything. And then Mike's at a control panel, and he hits the thing, and it's like another training set. Yeah, so they never actually went into Boo's room. They Correct. were they were on the normal set, so yes. they, there is a bit of a misdirection because they end up in this room. Sully, you know, puts Boo to bed in the like simulated room. So yeah, and the, I think it's I think at this point it's as he's putting her to bed. Yeah, and maybe the toy stuff happens later too, but it's like yeah, very quick of him putting her to bed and then turning. Yeah, around I think the, the toy waters. stuff are actually in a room, but yes, they you know there's kind of a misdirection. We get another evil villain monologue, which is caught on camera. Uh, by Mike, who is kind of controlling it, and then it turns into um, a whole thing where Waternoose is then arrested by the CDA. Uh, we now learn that Roz was undercover. Yeah, they call it number one. Yeah, it was undercover the whole time, um, which is great. Um, basically, uh, we learn that everything is fine. You know, Mike and Sully, like, they're not in trouble, but they won't be able to see Boo again. Yeah, so, like Boo has to go back. So they do say goodbye. Um, all like we said before, all the toys are in there. You know, the Toy Story ball, Jesse, Nemo, all that good stuff. Um, yeah, it's a toy jerker for, or ter- not toy jerker <laughs> tear <laughs> tear jerker for sure. Um, yeah, it's like it's like honestly, this scene's very well done. Like the hug with her and everything, and how they animate, like so that Sully's eyes are glistening a little bit. Mm-hmm. And as as he's leaving, like uh, Boo kind of lets out a sad little kitty, and then he leaves and he closes the door, and then Boo gets excited and runs over and opens the closet, and then it's just a normal closet. Devastating. And you're like, dang, dude, what the? And then the we see that the door gets shredded. So there's mm-hmm. really, you know, it's just, it's over at this point. And, uh, but there's one piece on the floor. Yes. And, uh, Sully kind of keeps that for himself. Yeah. 
So uh, we then kind of cut to a scene similar to the beginning with um, a kid being put to bed, but instead of being scared. Uh, no, 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 no. Oh. As as they're walking out of uh, the factory, like Mike's all like, yeah, man, I guess we saved the day. I mean, but I guess now uh, that Monster uh, is going out of business, we don't have any more energy. Uh, and then he says something about, but hey, at least we had a good laugh or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then it pauses on Sully and he says, laugh again. And then it cuts to the kid in bed. Yeah, so and we kind of repeat the same thing from the beginning. But instead of scaring them, Mike, then he, he's kind of doing a stand-up bit. So he's got a Which stool. Which is awesome. He's got a, Billy Crystal. He's got, a, he's got a mic at his stool. It is just going terrible. <laughs> then he has to resort to literally self-harm to get these kids. I think he, like, swallows the mic and it just turns into a whole thing. Uh, and he, like, burps up the microphone mm-hmm. again. And the kid starts laughing, and uh, I have a note here that, you know, they say that a laugh is worth ten times more than a scare. Which is just freaking brilliant, dude. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's kind of cool that the partners now um, are able to kind of, obviously we know that, you know, before the scares were kind of the big dogs in town, and now some of the other people are kind of getting their time to shine. Um, I think well, it's like... Sully's like the like in the water noose position now, mm-hmm. and then uh, Mike is the l- person that makes them laugh, and then Celia's like um, at Mike's desk when he comes out, and then she plants one on him. She does, and then and then it's like, oh, we got a new shipment of the magazines in, and it's the same exact thing where Mike is covered up by something on it, and you know they're they're freaking out, they're happy, it's all good. Um, and we see they do a good job of showing, like previously, people were putting in eyes and were sharpening mm-hmm. fangs. And now we see that they all have different props for their jokes and stuff. Um, so just the environment as a whole is completely different, you know. Um, yeah, it's just a lot of fun in there, um, which is uh, which is great. And like you said, Soli is kind of taken over as kind of the boss like figure so he's got his mm-hmm. clipboard and he's making sure everything's going fine um but he kind of pulls a few papers back on his clipboard and we see the picture that boo had drew of him yeah and her and you're all <gasps> and then he pulls that piece of paper up and he has taped uh a piece of the door to the clipboard too mm-hmm. which is just devastating but mike says he has a surprise uh for Sully. And, you know, he's not expecting anything. And it's Boo's door. He found all the chips and mm-hmm. uh, pieces of the door that were shredded. And he put them together. And He, kinda... he says something like it took him weeks or whatever and shows him his hands. <laughs> so freaking splintered up. Probably looked like that anyway after the day that he had. Um, but... but he's like, we need, it needs every piece, though. Yeah. And then he kind of luckily has the final piece. Yeah, you know, he said, I think he says some remark like, oh, it's just missing one piece. And uh, so he puts his, of course, the one that he has is right in the middle, too. Mm-hmm. But as soon as he puts that in, the light comes on. And so he pokes his head in the room real slow. And we do we even hear her say kitty? Yeah, she says kitty. And he says boo. And then the camera slowly fades to black. I don't even think, he doesn't even say boo. He just smiles. 
Good but stuff. it's it's literally one of the best Pixar endings, a fantastic movie ending in its own right. Mm-hmm. Uh, just probably my favorite shot in the in the movie, just because of the direction of it, how it just stays on Sully. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's great, and overall, just the movie as a whole. We're again into the bangers, baby. Let's keep them coming. It's freaking money, dude. The movie's so good. Um, yeah, I mean, after watching it again. What were your thoughts? Anything stick out to you different than you previously thought? Maybe no, no. It's just amazing. Fair enough. I I did move it up in my Pixar rankings a little bit, uh, but yeah, I mean it's top tier. Um, great characters. Mike Wazowski, like I said a million times, probably my favorite Pixar character. Um, I think he's great. And I forgot about something is that we kind of are getting a sequel, but it's going to be that Disney Plus series. Yeah, the TV. Is that is yeah. that a sequel, though, to the movie? Or when is well, that? I think it takes place after, and it's called Monsters at Work. But I don't know. Isn't, I don't know isn't sure. Boo like a teenager or something? Maybe it know. is in the future. I feel like I yeah, remember I reading that and, it being, and being like, dude, that's going to be freaking weird. Yeah. Um but anyway, let's kind of get through some categories. This one's let's tough. It. This one's going to be tough. Uh, but do you have a favorite line from the movie? Chalubi, baby. Is that really it? Yep. Man, I don't know which one to go with. Because I really love when uh, Sully's devastated because he thinks he lost Boo. And, you know, he, he's looking at... <laughs> Look at yeah. He's like, how many kids you got in there? Yeah, he's like, oh, what the heck? How many... Or, Oh man, or the moment where he's tied up and he's he's talking about, you know, I have a nice car. I'll uh give you a ride. <laughs> yeah, I love the exchange with the kid too, of course. When he's like, Yeah, yeah, kid, now get out of my face. <laughs> yeah. So I don't you know, honestly, I uh any Mike Wazowski line. Let me just double check. Um man, the you like cars one is up there for me. Um <laughs> What about brilliant? Yeah, that one's not as great as I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the uh, how many kids you got in there because that's a good. One. <laughs> uh, favorite side character. Mike Wazowski is technically a side character, right? Nope. Boo. I think Boo's adorable. She, she has a lot of cute, funny moments. Also, shout out to Randall, too. Great uh, villain. Great use of uh, his powers and stuff. They do a lot of good action sequences with him. Yeah, I'm also going to go... Uh, yeah, I, th- I don't think you... It's got to be Boo. I don't think you can really debate that. Um, mm-hmm. What about... No, that one's... This one's freaking layup. Voice work. Goes to yeah. Billy Crystal. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'd I'd be interested to hear the debate of better voice work of Billy Crystal as Mike or uh, Tom Hanks as Woody. Well, Tom Hanks has more movies under his belt, so I'd say that. But mm-hmm. in their in their debut feature, give me freaking Billy Crystal any day, baby. Okay. Okay. Um, favorite shot. I love the ending. I honestly am a big fan of that first cut to monsters inc and you see like the parking lot and the and just the building i think that looks like it looks awesome mm-hmm. it looks like it could be a wallpaper uh, and it does a good job of setting the scene um 
of course and like i i really like when randall hits the bathroom yeah. door as yeah, well that's, that's probably gonna be mine is when randall hits the door um and says like they're dead and we see them sitting in the stall that's like that's like one of those good shots that you can turn into a gif and post and say freaking masterpiece baby yes um rate the music uh is it is it top tier pixar soundtracks for you or is it definitely the theme Mm -hmm. um and i think like booze theme too i don't know what that's called but yeah i think it's really good i wouldn't say it's s tier but it's a tier for sure okay uh what is the i think I th- we you know what S tier is and it's coming up here soon, brother. Woo! Yeah, dude, cars. It's only uh, it's only a couple away. The entire cars podcast is just uh, two and a half hours of life as a highway on repeat. Dude, don't sleep on the Cheryl Crow song that's in there. <laughs> it's freaking good. Yeah, cars freaking suck. No, dude. dude. Um. Ideal age for this movie? Anywhere from a uh, little fetus to a uh, corpse in the ground. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm going to say anywhere between four and six, I think, is perfect. Okay. I'm going to go a little younger than something like Toy Story 2. Um, okay. You do what you want, Mom. And your final grade and what tier it goes in? S tier, it's top top of the top that's the cream of the crop um yeah monsters inc is up there man and it's crazy that w- pretty much the next couple are just freaking s yeah i'm just crazy to think about i'm pretty excited for finding nemo just because it's been a while the- since i've gone back to it but that's the one that always you know like obviously the beginning of up really gets us in a in a certain type of feelings but something about finding nemo always really hits home with me so it's the it's great score in finding nemo Mm -hmm. um i yeah that was one of the movies that as a kid was the one that like the parents would put on repeat Mm -hmm. um so it kind of lost some of that magic for me throughout that but it also has been like 10 years since i've seen it Mm -hmm. so i'm excited to go back and watch it as well honestly this Um, is the first time i watched monsters inc in a long time too so um, oh, it's money, dude. Yeah. So, is I mean, do you have any other notes you want to add on Monsters Inc. before we end the sucker? No, just I mean, we pretty much talked ad nauseum about how clever we think it is, but it's also just a testament to showcase that yeah, Pixar is great at storytelling. Period. Um, full stop. Uh, like the fact that they can weave in all these different themes and stuff within a children's movie and, um still have clever back and forth dialogue with uh great jokes that aren't just slapstick even though the slapstick stuff's just as good um i think it's just impressive the fact that it's dealing with themes of you know like facing your fears of course but also the fear like the fake fear of the unknown being scared of things that we just don't understand or don't take the time to understand which is definitely a problem in society still to this day uh, on top of just a cute little story about a monster to a little girl becoming friends. I think it's just impressive. And that's what Pixar is the best at is just telling clever stories like this. And uh, Monsters, Inc. is one of the best showcases of that. You know, I couldn't agree more. It's for sure probably in my top three Pixar movies. And honestly, it just kind of depends on uh, 
which one I watched last to determine the the order. But I'd like to have an official order by the time we end this season. But oh yeah, we'll have a special on our each of our lists. Regardless, um, Nate, thanks for uh, thanks for doing this again. Um, mm-hmm. Look forward to it every week. Next week is Finding Nemo, correct? Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, I want to thanks. Thank you guys for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, this one's a little bit shorter than the last one. Uh, the last one, uh, I think I had all gray hairs by the end of it. Um, but no, we're we're going to make this work even through quarantine. It's kind of one of the main things I look forward to. Exactly. Um, yeah. Pixar rocks and, you know, we're right in the, the middle of the good stuff. So only only good things to come. Um, Just keep swimming, you know. We talk a lot about finding Nemo in this one. <laughs> Well, that's fine because it's the it's the lead into next week. You're you're not wrong, but uh, yeah, that's all I got for you guys. Uh, thanks for listening.